0: Welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 56. John, how are you this Saturday afternoon? I'm doing really, really good this afternoon. How are you feeling, man? Feeling awake. Got a nice, quiet house right now to record. (laughs) And uh, we got a long one ahead of us. As we're kind of changing the format again, because we did have a lot to talk about, as this was a more traditional, the big marquee show of the collective. As today, we are covering Joey Janela's Spring Break 7 And that is the only show Um, we we know we're skipping around. We kind of mentioned that we're going to kind of skip around as need be and as our time kind of uh, goes together. And we actually since this one is going to be a super long one and it's just one show, we might be putting a couple shows together and make it a three, three show instead of two shows. But we're going to we think we'll be all caught up right before the next GCW shows in the mid April here. And um, yeah, change of plans. And it's going to it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to covering this show.
1: We're we're rolling with the punches on a lot of work. Yes. What that's else it. are you going to do? So, uh, yeah, the highly anticipated spring break seven. Now, I think it was with one match or no matches, but it's sold out. Yeah. Quickly. I think it was, zero, was it one two. or no. Match? I think it was like, like Hammerstein. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. You don't need to say anything like just on reputation alone. Spring break is going to be fucking good. That's just how it went down. So I'm just thinking for fun. Just you and me talking. Well, and whoever else is listening. The average show is about, let's just say, 500 people for round numbers. As an option, just for fun, if the promoter said, hey, there's a talent out here I can grab, but everybody who's a ticket holder needs to pay an extra $5, and we can bring that talent in. Was that? Do you think that's something that a bunch of people would do?
0: Now, do you, is you saying that's like added on to the ticket fee, and it's like right then and there, or you already paid for your ticket, and then this comes up? I have two different answers for each that. one.
1: Okay, so let's let's go a different route, because I think this would be interesting. You have a $50 ticket, and you have a $60 ticket. For the $50 ticket, you get into the show, you see the main event, you do the whole thing, you're done. But the extra $10 allows you to see a special, say, attraction match at the end of the night. That match could be a death match, it could be just a special, like, someone comes in, it could be a more of an adult match. You know, something like that. Do you... Th- Think people would be interested in paying extra as an option for certain things? I they knew what it is ahead of time. Yeah, I wouldn't
0: like fifty to sixty doesn't really matter to me. Like <laughs> for the wrestling stuff because
1: I'm gonna go the step from yeah know, fifty to 60. Now it out. feels like and fifty also, to you like feel seventy-five. Like you're out. Right, right, but you know what I mean. Like the extra ten brings you say Vikingo. A with a bunch of tubes and or Vikingo comes in and goes against somebody that you know, or maybe just um, a dream match. Something like that that, I don't know. I just, it was just one of those weird things where I can't, this came up to me because there was a thought at one point through WWE that they were going to have the show for free. And then the main event you'd have to pay for Ugh. every single
0: episode. That's just like, like a money grab, grab one. And on principle, Absolutely. I'm like, ew, like uh, just on principle.
1: I'm like, no, fuck yeah. you just for that shit. But yeah. Plus it would wreck their whole system because right now most of the pay-per-views are pretty much free Mm -hmm. and they're not even called pay-per-views anymore but yeah imagine if that was like that and how many people would be pissed off after paying a dollar two three five dollars to see a main event and half the time the main events aren't all that great anyway
0: yeah that'd be kind of like that was a consistent thing that's an awful idea money
1: grab yeah Yeah. and that just (laughs) so it came in like that because of that that idea and i'm like would you do that
0: i mean i would pay like a I mean, if like from 50 to 75, I'd have to see what the main that event control. was yeah. for sure. Like I guarantee this is going to be your main event and I'd do it. But 50 to 60, I'm cool with that. Like it doesn't really bother me that much because uh, I I spend more money just on outside the tickets with merch and everything else as
1: well. So Right, right. I had to ask. <laughs> I just had to ask because it's just so interesting. And that's something that I don't think a company would really ever do. If there was a special attraction, generally, they'd call it a meet and greet. That's why I was about to say people pay
0: like the separate fee anyway. And it's a lot higher than the five or ten bucks to go, as you said, for the personal meet and greet. So
1: I don't know. It was just something interesting I wanted to bring up for a moment because it was a really weird one that I saw out there a while back. And I had to I had to bring that thought across your head because it's eh, it doesn't have a lot of legs to stand on, but it was different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Eh, That's a decent Uh, for the companies they can make no i'm saying like a decent money grab but like i just think nowadays just on principle alone of people if they know it's an intentional money grab on top of what you have already paid a lot of people just would
1: not do it just because well okay um i just wanted to kind of tell you something interesting because i was telling you about it earlier here and it just came up here um rob van Dam. Liked one of the tweets that I'd sent out a while back, and I only mentioned it on here because GCW and ECW are just so similar. And ECW is the reason why I love GCW so much. So I, somebody was talking and they said there's a group of people who say ECW was overrated and only consisted of people hitting each other with chairs. I believe it was so much more than that. I just watched Wrestlepalooza 97 and you'd be a uh, hard pushed to name many shows that are better. Everything about it was perfect. Somebody else uh, basically said people on ECW are or were all oh, people who shit on them are people who don't really know the product or they weren't old enough to understand the times and how important they were to the basically to the times here. Uh, ECW, I put ECW as a beautiful storm, special inside and outside the ring. I can't talk about today's wrestling without referencing ECW in some form or another. GCW is a great example of the closest we will get to ECW in this current generation. It's literally why I watch GCW. And then I got likes from Rob Van Dam. And then the person who, whoever this is, that ran the official like ECW wrestling page back in the day.
0: That that's, a, that's a dream match now. Rob Van Dam versus Speedball and GCW.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. Those two in their prime would have completely torn down the house. I thought, yeah. they're very similar. The kicks. Yep, that's why I went to speedball. Ooh.
0: But just their rope work. Yeah. And thinking like what you just said, how like influential I think ECW was on. I mean, they were the first ones really to bring the lucha shit and the crazy like hardcore shit to the mainstream audience in America. And then the next thing you know. (laughs) They're on WCW with the Luchas, and then WWE's having the hardcore title matches and hardcore belts and getting more extreme than they've ever done prior. And I think we see a lot of that going on with GCW. That's why the, everyone thinks they're so similar. I go back to WrestleMania and I, I watched the the four way tag match um, that they had, and that felt like an indie four way tag match. There was like high spots constantly bodies bodies flying all over the place like shit was going crazy and it felt like an independent wrestling when, match not a traditional when was this uh wrestlemania i think this was night one uh yeah it was night one the four-way tag the most recent yeah this last wrestlemania they had um i think it yeah. was the street profits uh ricochet and braun strowman i forgot like the other two teams
1: but it felt it's like the a sh- wwe version of a scramble and it was insane Almost. like damn
0: near everybody got their shit in there was awesome spots there was no stopping it was like go 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 and you can see how like that's totally against traditional wwe matches even in tag team matches multi-tag team matches like this one and i and the influence just all over the place with gcw with the hardcore stuff that aew is doing it's like it's just like ecw and to deny that ecw was or now gcw is influencing the mainstream product, and I think it's getting positive reviews just shows how important I think both these companies are
1: to not just independent wrestling, but uh, wrestling all over the world. Well, I was noticing first night that Ricochet was definitely turned up. Yeah, he was cranked up for sure just a little bit. I didn't watch as much as I wanted to. Um Yeah, interestingly enough, I feel like that WWE is doing what they did during the Attitude Era. They're adjusting. They're adjusting to what's going on in the indies that's hot, and that's what they feel is keeping them fresh. They're taking their formula that they know has worked for years and years and years, and then they're just painting it with different colors, and they're making it do a different dance, and they set it to different music, and now you have a fresh WWE. It's how the Attitude Era started, honestly. And same with the majors, both WWE or WWF, WWE and WCW were basically picking apart the talent of ECW. And we're not seeing a whole bunch of that yet, but we are seeing a bunch of talent here and there just kind of getting picked. The one thing I do like is that a lot of that talent is allowed to come back and work. And so back I think that's
0: what kind of hurt ECW was. They weren't able to refill as quickly as needed to sustain like a a product. And I think that's where GCW, it kind of hit a lull a little bit around a certain time. I feel like where it was kind of like the same names or they went a little bit nostalgia, but then they refilled it immediately. Speedball, Blake Christians back, Alex, a Ninja Mac, Dante, like they have been constantly. And we talked about this. If one goes or one gets hurt, there's someone else and plenty of fish out there to step up and get that opportunity to fill that role and keep the train going. And I think that's why I'm, Thinking right now, GCW. I don't know financially, and I'm not. I don't care about that because it affects me. But I think is able. It's done a little bit better than ECW to sustain their product and keep it going and keep it interesting, no matter who gets picked up and who they lose or whatnot.
1: Well, okay. So the thing that really was hurting ECW at one time was the fact they didn't have internet. That too. If if because when it comes to Paul Heyman, he was a fucking fantastic promoter. He would have been all over the Internet. He would have had per- uh, he would have had the wrestlers all over the Internet. He would have said, no, this is how you promote this, is, you know, because they really were trying to find innovative ways to promote even back then up to and including possibly getting sued if they would have been caught with using, you know, copyrighted music and give a fuck. They're just trying to get that dollar in there. They're trying to make something special happen. But yeah, ETW basically couldn't reload. They just don't have the reload cape. They did not have the reload capabilities that GCW has today. Ninja Mac goes out the door. Here comes commander. Commander goes out the door. Here comes Vikingo. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of how it is. We always have someone ready and we always have capabilities through the roof. The thing, though, was that ECW had less stars, but I feel like most of their stars that they did have became bigger.
0: I was just about to say,
1: I think they have. had
0: stars. They just weren't at that moment. Stars, yeah. but given obviously the bigger platform and the bigger stage and everything else, they became the stars there. But I mean, you could go back and look as uh, as we say right now, look at the Nick Wayne, Titus Alexander, Alec Price, Jordan Oliver. Like all these people are going to be the ones in ten years, five years to be carrying the companies and be bigger stars, given. A bigger platform on a bigger company.
1: Oh, absolutely. Go watch the first Rey Mysterio match from ECW and then go over and watch the uh, first GCW match with Commander or the first GCW match with Vakingo. And you're going to start to see these parallels that people R.H. see. And that's why a lot of people R.H. go out to these GCW shows because they just see exactly what they used to watch and they wish was still around. And here it is living and breathing in front of them. So there's where a lot of that support comes from. Also, we have such an influx of international talent that's such a larger pool than what ECW had available to them. And, is That's another bonus. And that's what I was about to say. The whole, going back to
0: yesterday, we were talking about the indies are dead. And like I, I brought up the same thing. There's just other, way more talent out there now that's incredibly good that can step in and fill, given the opportunity, given the platform. And that's why, like... I, just think about it. If you want to say the Indies were dead, think back ECW. The Indies were dead and literally it died for a while and it came back. And I think right now it's flourishing and you can still refill talent that gets picked up by bigger companies. And it, it's, it's been fun. It was... <laughs> Enjoyed Janelle's Spring Break with all the, the um, hype and around and the energy that it always brings to Collective Weekends. It brings the stars from these bigger companies out to watch mm-hmm. this and like... I, this whole, yeah, the whole Indies a Death thing, like, no, nope. this show, like, is the specific show, like, that shows that indie wrestling is just doing just fine and excelling right now.
1: Uh, So, uh, we won't get too far into it, but were most of those shows sellouts? Yeah, I, I think I had... Except two or three, right? The midnight shows were probably, what, 60%, 70% capacity?
0: Yeah, and I honestly think, uh, because the wristbands that let us know that if it was a sellout or not, you had to have the wristband if it was a sellout. I think it had five mm-hmm. different wristbands. And so, yeah, I'd say half the shows uh, were Fantastic. sellouts. And I think those are the ones we are covering here as with the longer episodes that are longer reviews than normal. Um, with these, and this one definitely, this was jam-packed. I... That was the most people I've seen in the UCC Center by far, and the energy was insane. And like I said, it was just cool seeing all the star power of wrestlers walking around the building, like shit from people from WWE, Ring of Honor, AEW, all over the world were here just to enjoy the show. And like you just saw, like they're the ones chanting and seeing them enter into it was cool. They weren't just standing there on their phones and like hot dogging thinking oh i'm bigger than this i don't know why i'm here like they were chanting and screaming and yelling and i
1: yeah this show is going to be fun one to review and okay so the grab the brass ring dlc we have well we haven't announced this yet have we we haven't nope. announced anything yet nope. i just started talking about the damn thing and that was just well. That hop way. into it as it is as you said the grab the
0: brass ring doors ladders and chairs match and uh if you win you had a future opportunity at a belt at any time that you would like was announced and i thought that was cool because this was only announced maybe a day or two prior to the show even and like it was kind Mm -hmm. of a good way a very exciting way to uh start off the this event and um we'll go into the competitors and then as we get to kind of like the little surprise there i'll go into my immediate thoughts of what was kind of Going to happen. And oh, I know you're going to give opinions on this one. I'm. Oh, I'm uh, yeah. So the competitors were Alec Price, Billy Starks, Cole Radrick, Gringo Loco, Jack Cartwheel, Commander Shane Mercer, and Tony Deppin. And then right <laughs> before they all start fighting, Blake Christian strolls his ass down the ring, telling everybody to suck it, rolling his eyes, slipping everyone off, and... He is inserted into this match, and right away I was thinking, okay, he's gonna win the DLC. He's gonna cash it in tonight and beat Masha as a surprise because Masha wasn't announced. And boom, that's how we're gonna end the collective and GCW is gonna start their new era with Blake Christian uh, being the asshole champion and starting off the rest of or finishing off the rest of twenty twenty three uh, with GCW's world title. And it, it, yeah, yeah, it was a. Uh, i did like I did like it. I made a sense storyline like how they did insert him in, but uh I don't know. I think they could have done something else with it, but this was exciting. This was a uh a fun ladder match and one little thing note detail, but it doesn't really affect anything because the match was chaotic anyway, was there was nothing actually hanging <laughs> to actually grab
1: the brass ring so yeah, um, that, that's one thing that I missed ceiling that ceiling is really freaking high, so I mean. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, we probably had a couple people that would have loved to go up there. I know Sheik is like a cat; she loves to climb high things like that. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh man. Okay, there was a local show in Las Vegas, and uh, we were talking to Sheik before she needed to perform. This is like real early. We were kind of doing a sponsor thing, and so we came in early, and we were kind of sitting there. Uh, Cole was in town, so that was kind of how that all. We went over there early, and we were BSing. I was watching and it was like, Sheik is just like scanning. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I need to go find some things to jump off of. And it was like watching an 11 year old, you know, like. Oh, is that what she jumped off the wall? Yeah. Okay. And then they were like, they were like, don't do this. Don't do that later on. Because yeah, she had the wall. There was that like curved thing. And she wasn't allowed to jump off the top of that. So she kind of ran around the side, kind of. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one of those ones where she's just so, like, limber and agile and just, yeah, like a cat. I actually put that in my notes here, I think, somewhere at some point in one of these shows. (laughs) I just realized it's like a cat matched with a kid. And then you just notice, like, she's like, I want to climb that. Ooh, can I jump off of that? And good for her. I can't. I Ah. can't do that stuff. Especially
0: in a wrestling kind of way. Like, even now, like, I'm a PE teacher. And, like, all, like, the PE, like, basketballs and soccer balls that I put out are kicked onto my roof right now. And, like, the kids are like, oh, well, can't <laughs> you go up there and get it? I'm like, I don't get paid enough to climb up there and risk my life. I am not going up there right. to grab a ball that you're just going to kick right back up there anyway. So, no, Call I'm not janitor. climbing up. Yeah, that's what I did. I was
1: like, I'm not climbing up anything high. Right. No, I, I get it. I get it. Um. Yeah, with Blake, no one was thrilled. A lot of fuck you, Blake chants were going on. I put in my notes here, Cartwheel was on fire in this match. This kind of matches up a little bit with what we were saying on the last episode where Cartwheel's just been improving and improving. And it's just been so much that the LA show that we were at, not this one we're talking about, but the weekend before that was the, I think the show where I really saw Cartwheel break out. Like there was a breakout moment. Uh, We, we reviews all the, we review shows all the time. For me personally this was that was the show where he just that's where he came to life Yep. i think it was the cookies no i, I oh the cookies <laughs> <laughs> it could have I, been the power cookies
0: i'm right there with you i that's the moment i think too i realized jack this is jack hartwell's he's clicking he, he's finding mm-hmm. what he needs to do and it's awesome seeing it Dude, mercer be eating. i tweeted sure out i mentioned that <laughs> i tweeted out to him when he's like oh uh when they, this match was announced, I was like, I'll be wearing my bloody gringo loco shirt. Eat, eat him my way. I, I said, eat Blake Christian. I know, I said, eat Tony Depp in my way. I was like, yeah. I want a body coming flying towards
1: me, unfortunately. <laughs> and, um, dude, well, you know. And so, I just realized, we need to see gringo versus Mercer. And I know it probably has been done. But between the two of them, there's going to be some serious impact there. You're looking it up, aren't you? You're, you're like, hmm, uh-huh. I wonder... Okay, yeah, so Deppin and Blake bring in a huge ladder during the match, then they fight over it. Adore is also laid out bridge style across the ropes in the corner. Gringo had an awesome cutter on Alec Price mid-dive off of the ladder while trying to hit Billy. I thought that was a great spot. Also, there was a huge ladder contraption that was built. It looks like a large bridge that goes across into the corner of the ring there. Cartwheel flips outside the ring and puts coal through a door. Fantastic little spot. Mercer carries cartwheel up the ladder. He hits moonsault and battery off the ladder, which is an amazing spot. I think you and I have maybe seen that like three times. And I'm still scared, shitless and impressed every, every time. time. Yep. I always worry his toes are like the tips of his toes are going to accidentally hit the rungs of the ladder. Or slip to you know, the, yeah. the steps. Oh, man. But that takes tremendous... Um, uh, trust. Tremendous trust to let you have somebody in their arms like that and boom, boom, over they go.
0: When Bailey let Nick Gage Shit. do that at the show we were at to the outside through doors, that's what I was like, that holy one. God, oh. he trusted Nick Gage to do that. I've never seen Nick Gage do that move. What are you doing? But I don't I, yeah. I don't think it was supposed to be a moonsault battery. I think exactly what happened. The fall away slam was what did it? And I Nick Gage so perfectly through those two tables like uh, that was so smart, but I never saw him do that. And I think I we even said on the podcast.
1: I couldn't believe Bailey let trusted Nick Gage to do that. Well, you know, he's a strong man, too, so you can trust that. And he's constantly working out now, too. But high-flying, that's where I'm like, eh. Yeah, (laughs) high-flying, yeah, that's generally not Gage's territory. Yeah. But um, the spring break chants were starting to break out all over that place. Mercer was on the door, and the door broke during the match, so we had a fuck that door chant from the crowd. So I'm going to mention this one spot here, it was huge and I tried to write everything down as much as I can and I'm going to describe this the best I can so that you can somewhat kind of picture this in your head. So Mercer was laid out on this table and Gringo was standing on this tall ladder. I believe at one point there he was going to kind of jump off onto him, but Alec gets up on this ladder bridge. It was built across a part of the ring. This will actually come into play later but commanders on the top buckle in another part of the ring. You can see all four of these guys kind of, they're looking at each other, but Alec performs basically this huge dive off a ladder. He runs across the ring. Like he runs across the rungs of the ladder and fucking takes a dive off onto I think it was Deppen and Billy onto the floor. Does that sound correct?
0: Uh... Deppen and Deppen and someone. I, I'll be honest. I don't remember who the other person was. Okay. Deppen was the one, obviously, yeah. that stuck out.
1: And you could see almost instantly he hurt himself. You could tell by the people that were there. You were one of the people. What a seat or two away. I was. Said? I was like, yeah, three feet away from it. Oh, uh, and you can automatically see Deppen just rolled over on him and was trying to help him out and talk to him.
0: Yeah. So as soon as he landed, he's holding his back, or like it looked like he was holding his back, but you could see like his eyes like kind of got wide, and then like. He was fighting back the like actual tears and like yeah like I think he said something like my leg and Tony Depp like laid there with them and like hey calm down calm down and Alex like po- apologizing and Tony's like don't stop it like you got nothing to apologize and Alex like I'm sorry I'm like his I think leg? He, yeah he said something about like I think he said his knee and I think that's what uh is hurt I didn't oh. really uh find out but so yeah he's hurt and like Tony's like Max Max and like trying to throw up an X and Max Recon one of the referees that was right there ran away before like we knew that alec was kind of hurt so like i screamed at max i'm like hey max and like he turned around and, like to me and like i pointed at i did the x signal and pointed at alec and he went running out sliding on his knees and was with like talking with alec and figuring it out and they're like hey you guys stay here and like I'm, th- I'm assuming there was a couple other spots maybe planned for uh alec price but like tony's like no stay here don't don't go like we're gonna take care of you and like they ended up I think right before the match even ended they they
1: started taking him he, he must have match. been part of the finish yeah he must have been a big part of the finish because i bet you he was laying down there going i just blew my chunk of the match that must have been further yeah. on in it was
0: scary like, like the guy though yeah honestly. i see in like was actual tears kid. yeah i think like,
1: yeah he's what 22 23? 25, 23 25 23 like guy. he's not he's not old at all in in my book at least and i hate to see that happen to some people I already knew he had a brace on his shoulder. So now you're talking a shoulder brace, and then your 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 leg or your knee is all screwy. I honestly thought he hurt his back. That's what I thought. And too. the leg issue was nerves. Nerve, yep, that's exactly what I thought, what maybe I thought maybe too. A nerve thing, come on. Yep. Um, yeah. So you know how many of them have sciatic issues and whatnot. Yeah, and like you know, like with the catching and
0: stuff like that. I think like night before on oh, uh, like yeah. the NXT, like the women's ladder match, there was a crazy spot where she, like, she dove from the outside in and all four airballed on the catch and she landed right mm-hmm. on her back. And that's kind of where I really kind of jumped to in this part. But um, luckily I did talk to Alec price after the show. I was like, Hey man, you good? He's like, I'm good. I'm not okay, but I'm good. Like right. enough to, right. I'm good enough to walk and be around. Like I don't think I'm going to wrestle no more like, or not for the fo- uh, foreseeable future. I'm saying that he didn't say that. All he said was I'm okay. Not okay, but I'm okay enough. So I think he'll be
1: fine, but maybe you'd have to take some time off in the ring. Okay, so I'll give somewhat of an update just because this is the best I have as of yesterday, which is Friday, and today is the A. So as of April 7th, I don't want to say anything outside of, you know, wh- what I can basically tell you is he said, "I'm feeling good. I definitely got messed up, but I'll be fine. Walking way better." That's that's the best to really. So, I mean, the best I can really tell you is take away from that that he got fucked up. He's still hurting a little bit. He's, you know, he's on his way there. But you have to understand the way wrestlers are, they're constantly injured. I've never sat down with any wrestler and they don't have nagging something. So each one has something. This may have been something that creates a nagging for him. And I really hope not. I really hope not. But, yeah, I just wanted everyone to know who does listen because y'all are, like, hardcore fans like us. And I just wanted to kind of let you know if there is any Alec Price fans out there like me. like. He has become over time. Yeah, um, he is. He is doing better. He's just as healthy as every other wrestler is. You know, constantly achy pains. So, all right. So back to that then. Um, Commander walks the ropes and he hits the Skywalker onto Cole Radrick. Gringo had a huge swanton off the ladder onto Mercer, and it finally breaks that table. The fans were heavily into it. A lot of GCW chance. Billy basically clears the ring like she she's throwing over ladders and shit and she just lost her mind she cleared the ring and she asked for a fucking fight cole comes in and billy knocks down cole she goes for the cover and blake comes in out of nowhere runs in and curb stomps billy into the mat and covers her for three that was our ending the winner of the grab the brass ring dlc match was blake christian this this whole match honestly looking back it was planned for blake and honestly it was really really well done he's becoming a really big thorn in the side of a lot of people and it works but all the way down to blake after his win he was still giving the referee shit after the match that's totally <laughs> awesome heel work right there it's working i say it a hundred times i'm so proud of him it's really working well also billy sold if you go back and look, or if you remember, she sold the curb stomp so well. It yeah, looked like it just knocked her the fuck it, out.
0: Everyone was like, "Yeah, that was a big pop." There was like, "Oh," like everyone thought she did get knocked out on that <laughs> curb stomp. It was brutal. Um, another one thing too. I think I, uh, I I'm speculating here, but I think Amanda got hurt, um, like a kind of like a concussion, or not a concussion, a head injury uh, during this match as well. Because um, I remember seeing him like right in front of me. I think oh, was, commander! Yeah, this match, like he was—he like, disappeared. You're right. He hurt, like I think he hurt his head, like or neck area, because he was crawling right by us, and he grabbed my water and like started holding it to the back of his neck, and he looked up. I'm like, "Oh, do what you need," and like he just kind of held it on the back of his neck, and then he saw, like next to me, um, the person next Marcus. to me had a bucket of bucket of water and yeah. our bucket of beer and he so he took the ice and held it on his neck and kind of like when he was done put it back in the bucket which was pretty funny She was like Ew, yep. like what are you doing muscles but then he uh had the next night with the match i think it was like the earlier in the day or later on the match with vikingo and he he missed like one match in gcw for this collective i think as well but he did come back for world on lucha which was uh good to see because i know yeah he did kind of <laughs> walk away from this match for a while
1: yeah, I'm, I'm really concerned about that. It seems like there was a lot of people who put their asses on the line to entertain us that night and they they did the job so very well. And that's why I was saying uh, you don't need a
0: you don't need a brass ring to grab like to make yeah. it cool like this match was just ca- as chaotic and like,
1: OK, you get the pinfall victory, you still get the same thing. But the chaos was insane. I would have totally have loved a Sega like a Sonic ring. <laughs> Well, i think it would have just been so cool
0: they used to have those like back in yeah, the first yeah. ones i really kind of missed the scene those big ass golden rings exactly. and, or brass rings i, I miss <laughs> seeing it
1: but yeah blake christian this is all built around him this is building to something i'm really looking forward to the ass beating we know it's coming heels always get it yeah and uh he so- pissed off a lot of people bro
0: Yes, I'm just going back and rewatching that spot here. Like, yeah, Alec, it was Billy, it was Billy Starks. And <laughs> yeah, even when Alec okay. Price got hurt, I almost missed the Miss Commander spot. And I almost missed Gringo's spot because like I was wow. too busy kind of checking on Alex, but I did, did catch it out of the corner of my eye and at the very end, but it was pretty uh, rough seeing that. This is my first time seeing it actually uh, on Fight TV. So the spot, that was a good camera angle too. <laughs> I really wish they would use that camera that angle the, a little bit more. Yeah.
1: Is that the one that's in the perch up yep. in the in the uh what do they call it the raven's whatever raven's and nest the the, the bird uh, yeah something like that i, I called it the perch <laughs> yeah it's like the 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 nest oh, shit. up there um yeah a fantastic view the minute i saw that i went oh gosh you know what every now and then that's nice i like it
0: yeah i really enjoyed it that was my first time i saw like i said watching the show and seeing it like that is a cool camera angle i hope they utilize a lot more especially for spots like that that was like yeah. perfect <laughs> that was crazy but yeah, it was a crazy, crazy match. And what a way to
1: start off, like the spring breaks. I was, I was stunned. It was it was a oh. exciting way to start it. Something I also noticed. It's funny. Shit pops in my head when I'm tired and I just have to blurt it out. So stick with me today. Uh, 14 minutes on this DLC match, too. This wasn't your average scramble that goes for eight minutes, nine minutes. So I also want to say that I appreciate the fact that they gave it real time. There was so much talent in this match. It made no sense to cut it short. So that was awesome, too. I could have taken 20 minutes with these guys if they didn't all kill themselves by the end of it damn near. And this event, I was happy to see because it was only five matches announced, and I kind
0: of figured, hey, this is going to be the ones where we're going to let the talent go 20, 25 minutes and go crazy, which makes sense with Vikingo Speedball, Joey, Abush, uh, yeah, Joey and Kota. And this ladder match um, and the tag match, it absolutely made sense. I was like a little disappointed it was only five because I was thinking maybe they would also save room for a surprise clusterfuck. But then as it kind of got closer, I realized no, that's not going to happen and we're just going to give these people time to tell a great story in the match and that's what happened, and yeah, as you said, the 14 minutes, and most of these matches did go over 10, where a lot of the other cards and their matches were stuck to like it was seven matches, seven, seven, eight matches, and each match was seven to 10 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Other than that, for the culture, uh, West Coast versus the World tag, that was given the time, and I'm glad they did because they absolutely killed it with that time given to them.
1: Okay, so we're going to go over this East-West. You ready? I am ready. Okay. Oh. I- what do you, what do you want to go ahead? No, go I was ahead. going to
0: announce the at though all.
1: <laughs> Dude, I've got my notes here and I was writing a note the same time as, like I said, sorry, but no, go right ahead. Go okay. right ahead. I'm actually pulling up data on something real quick. Why? Uh, okay. I, see I, was, I was reading while you were talking. I'm so sorry. It, yeah. What's going on is I'm actually pulling up data on the Motor City machine guns. Yes, as that is the next match, they are defending the GCW
0: Tag Team Titles against Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne, the East to West Express. And this was my main event of the whole collective. This and the Speedball of Vikingo match were the two I was really looking forward to uh, more than anything with Coda, I guess, and Speedball as well. Those were my top three. But hoping to see the moment that East West Express finally win the Tag Team Titles. I was praying i was seeing it live and in person and this match was fun it was a great classic traditional tag team match no craziness uh outside interference and all that other stuff it was a great story being told and um yeah it was fun uh, the, uh there's a new chant out there instead of like the young dumb young dumb young dumb oh and yeah It was like the east-west, east-west, east West West express, and I loved it. Like, I was chanting that one. I was like, whoever did that, like, it was right behind me, too. I was like, Mm -hmm. perfect. I I enjoyed it, and this match was fun. I'll let you kind of do the, uh, I know you got your, want to go over the Motor City Machine Guns and your review, because this match was incredible, and your review pretty much covers the
1: amazingness that happened in this match. It was just, it was so full. There was so much going on. I was going to start with, like, a kind of a shorter thing, and it, Kind of progressed over time. So, yeah, I did want to talk about the Motor City Machine Guns for a moment. Their first title win was in um, August eighth of two thousand seven. They were AAW Tag Team Champions. They were the Murder City Machine Guns. I kind of like that. Wow,
0: I like it actually. too. Would have fit in for GCW,
1: <laughs> right? So, their second run ended up being with the NWA. It was the NWA International Lightweight Tag Team Champions for five hundred and ninety days. Wow. Um, Then they ended up with the IWGP championship, the junior heavyweight tag team, 182 days, TNA world tag team, 182 days, ROH world tag team, 168 days, two time, three time. Yeah. Three time impact world tag champion. I think the total on that ran just short of where we at here, 357 days GCW tag team champs for 26. And they are currently well, We'll talk about the finish on this one. <laughs> but then also they are still the NJPW strong Openweight tag team chance running for 163 days. So we're talking a lot of talent inside and experience, that experience Yes. Oh my goodness. So I just wanted to run that down because again, uh, like I did yesterday with the, um, the flash funk stuff, the Two cold Scorpio. I wanted to just put some information out there for people to really understand and appreciate that don't know how special it is to have people with such a resume come through our doors that was one of the first things though i did want to mention the east west was out first wayne has a bandage on the side of his head from the injury earlier that was the one where he had um been popped in that earlier one and he had a real good bleed going yeah i can't remember who that was against off the top of my head but um motor city do look good with those titles i'm not gonna lie I would certainly hate to see them lose them because the East West is fucking strong. A lot of new champs chants from the crowd, East West Express chants from the crowd. The fans were heavily behind the Express. I'm not going to lie. It was just like the general feeling in the air is this is the big show and it's time. And with such a young tag team and all that talent and how well they click. It's so funny that the GCW fan base was all on the same wavelength all at the same time basically it was time for these kids to get the title i was really floored by that that you know like we talk about it it was nice to hear others feel the same way and the video package it, before
0: yeah. uh I, I didn't see a name i was that's why i was re-watching i didn't catch the name but whoever made that video package before this match was mm-hmm. that was so awesome to see and it was like a perfect short little story of the young tag team challengers and how they kind of like just grew together like behind the scenes you saw a lot of it behind the scenes and How well they kind of clicked together, then going into how the Motor City Machine Guns won and like leading up to this match, I thought was very cool and a good way, especially for Fight TV uh, people on Fight TV that just tuned in to uh, give a little backstory to how this match came to be and why it's kind of, as you said, felt very important to a lot of GCW fans that maybe this is finally the time and place for the East West Express to step it up. Um, Real fast, too, while you were going over all the Motor City Machine Guns, I counted up the total matches. That Nick and Jordan have tag team, just tag team only. they off uh, my
1: off the top of my head, twenty-two.
0: Nineteen. Okay. Yeah. This was their nineteenth <laughs> match as a tag team. And look how well they gel together. Like immediately. Their first match against that Los Masisos for the tag match. That was their uh, fifth time as a tag team. Just straight up, and that's what that was the night I saw them throwing the same punches, the same kicks, the same jumping out of the ring to everything. Same topes, same timing, sink, the sinkery, synchronicity was there, and that was their fifth match. That's when I knew they should have been a tag team going forward, and that was match five, how fast they gelled together. And I think that's what you said before. It's kind of uh, uh, not... Normal for teams to kind of gel and click as fast as these two have. And I think that's what makes them
1: so special right now with the GCW fans. Dude, other wrestlers, other wrestlers, (laughs) listen to me, dude. There's the redneck coming out. Other wrestlers I've talked to, there's not a single one of them that are almost blown away by how they click so well. Like, it's just, so basically it kind of works like this. Jordan's primarily running the thing. And so if Jordan says do this or do that, generally you're going to see Wayne's going to do whatever, but also they know each other's that well, that if someone's off by a second and a half, he knows to adjust automatically. Also, if something is missed or off, he knows how to overcompensate in that area. Like they've got it down like that. So then when I had a chance to ask a couple of them, like this thing tightened up real quick, I can't believe it. What's going on. And the answer was that when they went to Japan, just, they were basically tooled and tightened up by some of the Japanese wrestlers over there. And they just, they just took to it. Again, physically, mentally, they're just fortunate that everything clicks so well for them. Not only one, but both. It's just rare. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's like a rock and roll express. It's something like that. And that was right after their match. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean
0: to cut you off. No, 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 no. Go ahead. That was right what after their sixth their seventh match was against Aussie Open. And that was remember when we were talking about the big yeah. test and like I can't believe like their their big test as a tag team is match seven against Probably top three, four tag teams in the world. Aussie open is and they held their own and had an incredible match then. And then it was that following uh, the following shows uh, later on where they went to Japan.
1: So after match eight, they tightened that up real fast and got it together. That's crazy. Yeah, we haven't seen Aussie open in a while. I hope they kind of have another uh, American tour at some point because they were all over the, the country. They were all over everywhere, TV. Especially this weekend, yeah, I was I mean, really
0: hoping to see them since they're right there to be used again, uh, be used on one of these shows.
1: Dude, I'll re- reiterate again. I was just so happy to see so many locals from like the Southeast and whatnot that were brought in from all these shows throughout this past year that they at least recognized, hey, come out to the collective. You were, you were worth it. Yeah, for sure. Felt, again, same thing with like this East West thing and with them. I feel vindicated that our picks are decent. And we're almost in the, you know, like right on the pulse of how things are working. It feels good. It, to uh, be like, oh, I like this guy. And then you could see him show up at some point again. It's it's nice.
0: Especially but, Teriyaki. Like, right, I was, right before we started this podcast, I was watching well, him wrestle somewhere else doing some crazy moves off from the inside. I was like, God, he's like, every time I see a new clip of him, it's improvement.
1: It's awesome to see. It's just fun to say the name also. Yeah, that too. Like Teriyaki. <laughs> like, every time cool. I get hungry, but, every time. Yeah, I get hungry all the time. Um, but Wayne was already bleeding within the first two minutes, basically that, uh, bandage that he had on there, it looks like he just might've taken a punch or a little bit of a bump and the cut was, you know, it just popped open a little bit. It wasn't anything major and it ended up actually stopping well before even five minutes or six minutes were underway. It just caught it up and that was it.
0: I do remember when he got it, it was against uh, speedball Mao when they did the, Backflips from the top uh, at the DDT versus GCW show. They did the okay. backflips from the top rope to the outside to them, and one of their something happened and caught Nick Wayne real bad during that show. It was early too, early in that match. Yeah, it was like <laughs> the bleeding blood was everywhere. And I remember looking up and like his mom's uh, in the stands, and like you could see her, and I think it's his girlfriend or someone like kind of turning away, and you saw like the the look on their face. They were scared, but luckily where the cut was, they didn't have to worry about well. Nick didn't have to worry about it because it was so low it wouldn't uh affect really anything other than the vision, but it wasn't a bad spot to have a cut. I was afraid it was affecting this match later on. Like literally at the end, like you can see all four competitors of that match hold hold hands and speed balls kind of looking at Nick and kind of giving like a "oh, oh, like hopefully that doesn't affect anything. And I I was really hoping it wouldn't, but luckily where the spot was, it did not, other than getting busted open early in this match.
1: Well, like with our family, we're all into the eye eye stuff our family's into eye care i don't know if anybody how much anybody knows anything but when i'm watching eye stuff i'm like oh i always get a little weird um yeah so i was thinking with wayne there was a possibility maybe he had had an issue with the orbital socket i thought maybe he had you know i just didn't want to hear that it was too close also it's real pain in the ass and it's hard for them to go away if you get a cut on the eyebrow they fatten up real quick and have you ever had like somebody hit a fat eyebrow on you where they take a knuckle or something and crack you above your eyebrow
0: not on me but when i was boxing i saw it all the time and <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. just like once it happened yep once it happened we couldn't uh we had to put headgear on to spar to that way it didn't hit the cut again
1: oh hey smart yeah <laughs> um but the motor city machine guns were definitely the heels in this one they came off as cocky that's a lot of what they were doing they'd Hit him in some weird or disrespectful way they look at the crowd and go yeah you know they were playing it up really well alex shelley is a damn good heel i would say that sabin he alex shelley's personality is enough for him and for sabin almost like when it comes to true personality of mcmg a lot of it does come from shelley more than it does sabin at uh, one point though mcmg had east west legs tied up within each others and it was really awesome to see it was like Almost like a figure four, I would guess. I don't know a better way to put it, and I've only seen it like once or twice. They don't have a name for it at this point. Shelly works hard to bust open that cut on Wayne's head. Wayne and Shelly are extremely fast. I really liked it, and I'm kind of hoping at some point we maybe see a singles match because Shelly at his, his age with that speed is phenomenal. He was doing like it was snappy looking at points. He had a kip that looked like he was 20 years younger than he was. I would have Shelly. That's like I would like to see them like kind of
0: before this match. I know it's kind of hard with their schedule on GCW and the short time before this event, but that's what I was kind of hoping to lead up into this match. We got like one-on-one on each way to have to kind of give us a little appetizer of what the tag team match is going to look like. But I, I still would like to see it even happen after this match still.
1: So we were getting closer towards the end of this match here. About minute nine, 10, a Motor City machine gun slap in double submissions on East West. It did not look good and then they kind of turned it around minute 10 or 11 you could see that east coast or east coast east west was so close to winning that title that the fans were just mm. but in the end the east west hits double clout cutters on alex shelley oliver covers him for the pin one two three our winner here and new gcw tag team champions the east west Express. This is the first championship title for the East-West Express. Super proud of him over here at the GCW Plant Podcast. We're looking at 17 and 23 years old each. Wow, yeah. Still crazy yeah. to see that number for Nick Wayne. seventeen. 17.
0: Uh, I, I popped, obviously, at the end. I, I jumped up and ran to the ring, started pounding on it, because I was so excited. And also seeing the, the shock in Jordan's face, and then the, the anger in Alex Shelley's face right away as he, like, failed to break up the pin at the last second. I thought that was a cool little detail I saw from uh, Alex Shelley. And yeah, it was so, it was clean. It was so good. I enjoyed every bit of it. And the clout cutter finish was awesome to see. And uh, I, yeah, was it going to be more happy? I was happy after the show to get a picture with Jordan and the bell and holding on to it. Um, like I said, I think I said the last podcast, I really wish I could have got one with Nick Wayne, but he was either off to another show or I didn't even think about it. Probably went to go get stitched up because he might've been done for the weekend anyway. Um, and I didn't. I don't think I did see him uh, later on, but uh, awesome. Like I said, I, I was so happy to see it and so glad to finally uh, have it come together. And I, I say it now, like now, like I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, man, I was asking for too much, way too soon, <laughs> for, regarding this tag team mm-hmm. and having the belts put on it. But I think that just shows how awesome the, their chemistry was, and early on, they just clicked it. And I think as we kind of talk about going off of the single scene, even though now Jordan is a double champ and still the JCW title. I was thinking like that's perfect for them to kind of since there's not really a uh singles title for them to go for in GCW. Them hopping together as a tag team and going after this was uh awesome, and um, they the journey's finished. And, and, and I guess that I, I feel like an idiot now. Like oh, I'm so glad they finally got it. Like they've been tag teams for mm-hmm. not even twenty matches. I'm just selfish with it, but I'm happy for them. I'm glad to see them happy, and especially them getting it together to. Uh, I kind of wish Jordan didn't win the JCW title before then. It would have been kind of cool and having them both enjoy being just the fir- their first GCW titles together. But uh-huh. that kind of shows the leadership. Jordan's like, hey, I held my own singles and I could provide the leadership to the young talent, Nick Wayne, and then together, they're the tag champs. And awesome. I'm so glad to see it in person. Like That was one thing I was really... Open for this.
1: Yeah, I was going to say,
0: satisfying for you. I would have felt like all these Cody Rhodes fans at Wrestle at WrestleMania thinking that they're going to win the, he's going to win the belt against Roman Reigns, and then doesn't. Like, I I couldn't imagine sending that many people home unhappy. I'm so glad, like they did this one for me. Yeah, that's like, I'm so glad for myself. I was able to see this because I would have felt like Cody Rhodes fan after WrestleMania. I'd have been like down for the rest of the rest of the
1: (laughs) cards. WrestleMania is like the hardcore fans that are willing to pay all that extra money, and they're like, "Hey, our most loved, cherished fans, fuck them! Oh, that's so insane! <laughs> fuck them, fuck them, fuck them! They're still gonna buy the foam fingers and the right. shirts. Fuck them if their kids cry after an expensive weekend of their parents taking time off, and flying them to L.A., you know, <laughs> buying them hundreds of dollars worth of stuff, hotel rooms, airfare, food." transportation, fuck them.
0: <laughs> I like that. I, 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 I would have been so mad if that. Like that really, like I would have been disappointed and like, I would have understood at least Jordan still did have the singles belt, but I wanted this moment for Nick Wayne. And I really had a feeling too, because Joey Janela, he's always kind of really felt bad and wanted to uh, make it up to Nick Wayne for missing the Hammerstein show. Like he gave him the Will Osprey match. And I kind of on Joey Janela spring break to give him like another little uh, give him the flowers, as Joey's likes to say, and I thought that was very cool to have him win on Joey's show. As kind of Joey's another little way to say sorry for Hammerstein again. Those bunch of assholes. Jordo two belts. That's what I'm gonna call him.
1: <laughs> I call him Jordo two belts.
0: Oh, do you see the first who their first uh, defense is against though? No, I believe Los Matiscos wasn't it? Los Matiscos, and I believe Motor City Machine Guns in like a uh, yeah, oh no, stra- three way match.
1: Start drinking now. Right. He's not that, yet. that title defense might go you know what though it could have been one of those full uh feel good moment title defenses it's got to leave him in the next three four months anyway before uh nick is gone yep uh unless of course they're trying to solidify something for jordan and Chris that's what i'm scared the because AW, the date but, the date's may 20th yeah. <laughs> school's out around then Oh, no. uh, <laughs> yeah i think i think
0: and detroit yeah. on raw places god damn it
1: oh shit okay so <laughs> wait a minute now i'm trying to think that's actually interesting because what they're trying to do is mind fuck the fan and uh, i must say it's really, fucking working right you now really like your hometown guy like i like that idea but fucking oh, me over
0: the fan the nick wayne's
1: oh, about to graduate it, in detroit los Mesisos being yeah. back in the title scene jordo Gior- two belts i can't think of anything better yet but right now that's it oh <laughs> huh. oh okay yeah um they, yeah they may lose those belts man that's a vicious match that's a fun match. that's gonna be fun they're match,
0: the too. young kids hey at least i got i don't even, i'll be honest i don't care at least i got to see them win that's it they could lose it next time and i be like ah i got to see the glory at least okay right you there in front I'd of my maybe face. maybe
1: book this i'd maybe book this that all three teams are just working work and working and of course the east west because they're younger they still have gas in their tank and basically run them down just based on that alone that would be just good. basically I'm just saying like, yeah, you have a faster car, but funny thing, it's smaller, but it doesn't use as much gas. And then you have these big tanks that are out there fighting. And I
0: wonder if Los Macisos are going to introduce the doors and chairs, too.
1: I really don't think that's going to happen with them. With the, with I think the they're CD? going to try to protect Wayne as much as possible for TV. That too, yeah. I know we're, we're kind of maybe too smart about that. but <laughs> I really don't feel that unless there's an accident like that one did happen. I don't see it. I think he's going to try to do everything he can to protect his face. I think he does so many smart things now because he had such good uh, people who care for him enough to give him advice that I think that's one of those ones that was obviously considered. Yeah, I want to slice up my forehead and look like Abdullah the Butcher.
0: That's why they'll probably do doors and chairs.
1: Yeah. And even then, I mean, they probably should protect younger people with from those some of those chair shots. Yeah. Another reason why I'm okay with Matt Justice every now and then—he's got those vicious-ass chair shots, like the old-school '90s chair shots. Oh my god! And he has it's good and bad. no
0: hands covering, <laughs> covering it either.
1: No, I just—I know people can agree to do whatever they want to. That's one of those ones I'm just like, wow, they're still doing those.
0: Well, we'll talk about him too. It was nice seeing him. When we kind of asked like where he's been lately. Uh, we get to see him uh, when we cover the DDT versus GCW
1: show. Well. Again, the only other thing I forgot to tell you about this match was the minute they won, I thought of you. Yeah. I went, Oh my God, <laughs> he's like this is one of his moments.
0: I was I was popping, I was jumping. That was it was fun. That was a good feeling. Like I said, I'm glad my WrestleMania moment got to happen right in front of me. In my face, I got to see it in person. Like I think that's why if, even if they lose the like, literally the next title shot, I don't care because I at least got to see them finally win in person because I don't think I would feel the same way if I, I only saw it on fight TV. I'm like, no, they got to stay champions forever. But seeing it in person, I think that kind of gave me like
1: happiness, but also closure. It's like, okay, I got to see it. I'm good. <laughs> so uh, something that kind of before we go into another thing here, I wanted to mention too, I was looking at the, the Reddit situation with, I believe it was Aki and. The- oh yeah. Best Bros. Okay. So I guess according to him, someone was playing a cruel joke on them. And like it wasn't directly Circle Six, possibly. I, I was like somebody the promoter, the, the venue cool owner, right? Something like I that. I think You'll that's have to what go I read. I can read it because I think newer stuff has come up. Oh, recently. yeah. I haven't read it since literally and that day. A, 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 the only thing I know for sure was that I know Aki was saying that it was like somebody tried to play a cool joke, possibly. Oh, okay. But I think they also did like a super chat. So they made a little money. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I think they
0: were live doing it on Twitch or YouTube. And like they, I saw like they did make a lot of donations, as you said. Like, I thought that was like a cool thing as well for the fans to kind of step up and do that as well.
1: Yeah, that's so scary, especially for someone like her. She's that little girl out there. Not the, <laughs> little girl. She's a, a, you know, a small woman out there in a place where it's not always the easiest. Stuff. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of give that update there. So uh, whoever it was that was shitty with them, fuck them. Yeah, I don't know. I was mad at whoever. I like it was funny. I almost got protective. I think it's because it was a GCW performer. I just got protective. I'm like, fuck that. That's just it's a stupid
0: thing to do in general, man. That's
1: shitty. Yeah, in any country, you can't speak the fucking language. Yeah,
0: I wish I would have gone back and reread everything before talking about it. Because, like I said, you said new details came up. I just, I was just going off a memory yeah. of what kind of. I saw I heard other people that I saw I saw them actually reading it and they were kind of trans saying it out loud. So we all didn't have to read it and like they're explaining the situation and kind of what they saw in the video as well. So it was a lot of moving pieces, but still ultimately was a shit thing to do of whoever did that.
1: So after this little win here, there was a small segment that happened directly after this match. Yoshihiko was being interviewed by Emil. So Mason and Pero then enter the ring, their music hits, and they start to beat up Yoshihiko. Mason tells Yoshi she's not real, and piece of shit, chants are coming from the crowd. They end up beating up Yoshi anyway. Then they unmask the guy who's in black. That's the one who's controlling Yoshi. It ended up being Jimmy Lloyd. So Mason ends up beating her up in front of Jimmy. Pero goes to beat up Yoshi, and Yoshi got a hold of Perro, came alive, and hit him with a vicious suplex. That's where I'm kind of leaving it there. We have a new storyline, possibly. I, I love. I, I don't know what it. to think. I loved it just because. Uh, I feel like I'm missing something from that story. Was there anything else that happened there that I'm missing? Um,
0: I can't remember. That's why I was trying to. I was going to quickly That's look good. up. I didn't know you're right at the end already. I don't remember if like the whole DDT, uh, Iron, whatever that the the twenty four seven belt that it's called. Uh, let me look it up real fast because it is a crazy, crazy name. Uh, DDT. Oh, nope, I can't find it all right whatever it's like an iron man heavyweight championship that's always being defended literally at all times and anybody
1: can win yeah Um, okay that belt is called give me a moment because i actually had something like that written down here so that belt was held by um by kota bushi at one time that belt's been held by literally everybody like it's a a, it's a joke belt but i pretty much it's so this was this was the last title he actually held at DDT. This is a title he held um last in October 10th of 2009. He'd held it 3 times. It's the Iron Man Heavy Metal yep. Championship. So that's that's the one you were looking for. Yeah. I just I just happened to have that note when I, I was getting ready to go down his accolades. If you want a main event, you want a fun thing to do, scroll at all those people who
0: have won that belt because it's literally yeah everybody because yeah. yeah. i was at a comic con and there's like one guy headlock comics um i forgot his name off the top of my head but he runs headlock comics which is like a wrestling comic books and he does really, really good job but when i was going to comic cons all the time i'd always go to his booth because he would always have wrestlers doing autograph signings and i would just talk with him in between wrestling too at these things but he even during one of the comic cons got to pin the whoever was the champion. And then he became the belt holder for like 10 seconds and lost it in 10 seconds. But oh. they do a lot of fun stuff. This is like the old, when the hardcore belt turned into like being defended, when even in your sleep and like, that's what this belt's all about. And I, I uh, enjoy it because it also keeps everything on your toes. And that's where I thought they were going to go with this segment. Once I saw mm-hmm. and Mason, come on, I saw Jim. I did notice it was Jimmy right away under the mask. He's got that unkempt yeah. beard yeah. like me and, uh, I was like that's, that's Jimmy Lloyd under there I was like I wonder if he's going to win the DDT belt like that's going to be his well I think he was tagged yeah he was tag team champions in GCW but like, this is going to be his first singles belt in GCW and uh, didn't happen but I thought that would be cool and I thought that was going to be a fun way to introduce a kind of a mini scram- uh, a scramble fuck with having like someone else come out and challenge a new champion and then someone else and like have just people non-stop come out and fight for the belt and lead into a scramble fuck I thought that would have been a cool way to kind of the fans but they sit and being did you call it a scramble fuck isn't that what it's called clusterfuck sorry clusterfuck
1: no 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 i i was like hmm i like that name yeah clusterfuck scramble my bad. fuck <laughs> i did call it a yeah because well basically that means maybe instead of having them enter slowly you just start them all in the ring at the same time well i was just gonna scramble I, fuck. I thought that's how they were still gonna
0: bring him in slowly we're like hey Cole or whoever's the new champion holds the belt up and someone else comes out and beats them and they're the new champion And just to kind of also be a GCW kind of uh, spot of having everybody mm-hmm. on their roster hold that belt at least one time I thought would be kind of cool because this is the one oh, once in a yeah. lifetime experience having them come out here I mean,
1: it could have been a fifteen. It would minute. have
0: been funny if they lined up at the ring too, like
1: I, to oh. actually see a literal line go up and just go bam, 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 I just
0: bam, 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 bam. I picture the the line out like at the curtain, just like out in the yeah. alley, like people lined up ready to win the belt. I thought that'd be a oh, cool.
1: and they they
0: have the thing. camera
1: like go along the line of wrestlers. You can see some <laughs> of them like checking their watch and like yawning, and you see them go in the ring, take the belt, celebrate, boom, take the belt. Ah, they could have great. done
0: something like I said,
1: fifteen minutes right there. Yeah, they did human human ass centipede. They Uh, could (laughs) have done, you know, but they could have done that too. That was my kind of way to
0: do a lot of fun things in one quick 10 minute segment. But, uh, I'm not the booker, but that was, that's what the shit that was going on in my head during this time. Uh, but it was, I thought it was real cool. Mason kind of playing up to the whole Yoshiiku thing. Like, you're not real. Like this is bullshit. And then Pero, Pero selling and Mason selling was awesome. Like this was one of the most memorable moments of the collective for me was this moment because It was so cool just seeing Mason be a part of it, just being in on it, not above it, and Pero selling his ass off for the for Yoshiko was cool. And when Yoshiko dumped it, dumped or grabbed him for the German suplex, was like, "Stop playing, Pero! Stop playing! Stop bullshitting! I'm not playing!" And then boom, (laughs) go flying backwards, and then Mason getting hit with it too. I thought it was awesome, and I enjoyed the segment. Yeah, perfect Joey Janela spring break segment. And but I thought it it could have led to more i was waiting for it to lead a little bit more but oh well i'm i'm being greedy now but talk about that real shit i was just about to say that leads us real fucking match happening here into probably the second most excited match after the my best most excited match i was looking forward to the east west express this was probably the second one back to back and i was really riding a high there too it's that fun little comedy segment in between to kind of reset the feelings but uh Yes, third match of the evening is El Ijo del Vikingo going against Speedball Mike Bailey, and this one did not disappoint. Speedball nah. one another Feathers cap for an incredible weekend, and Vikingo for doing a bunch of crazy shit, and I was so glad to see almost everything, all the crazy spots happen right in front of my face, five feet away. Like That was a cool feeling to see it this time, because last time I saw Vikingo, I was standing in GA far away, but Seeing it up close and personal, kind of getting nervous on all these spots and seeing the impact and the, the crazy uh, um, outside-to-the-floor shit that Speedball had to take with Vikingo was insane, and this match was everything
1: I hoped for. Okay, so we'll talk about Vikingo just for a moment. He is the triple A, triple a You You kill me with that, I like it. Isn't Did that you say how it the right the, way. Oh, okay, I was about to say, no, I'm that's just the trying way it's be... Supposed to be... Okay. Said. I'm Americanizing it, triple <laughs> a so, the, yeah, the AAA mega champion for 490 days. He's also also the trio's champion for a total of 882 days as Los, he, he, ooh, Los Genentes del Air. I don't know what that means. We'd probably have to look it up. I didn't spend time looking it up, but I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that about him. He's holding multiple titles, and he's damn good at what he does. Basically, Vikingo to me, is doing everything he can to become the best in the world. That's how I described it to my wife. I'm like, you have to sit down and watch him. I think he's literally trying to be not talk about it like a lot. Oh, I'm the best in the world, you know? Shut the fuck up. He's trying to be the best in the world because you can see it.
0: And he's improved and shows off different move sets and his skills and like mm-hmm. the strength too. Like when he catches some of these wrestlers off the top and like he's a. As you say, he's a tiny. Like he's not as tall as, the, as like people probably think, and he's actually on very much on the short side of wrestling. And, but five, two, five, four, maybe yeah I'd say five, four, what do you think? I think you're shorter yeah. than me, but not by much. And I'm like five, six. And okay. So, but for him to catch, like when he caught Gringo and when he catches, I still want to see that damn Joey Janela match. I got to go back and see if they ever updated that yet. Actually, that's going to be my next question for them too. On the next mailbag they have is when they're going to up, upload those hidden uh, Vikingo, those two matches that he, they didn't show to everybody.
1: Yeah. But, I think there was a time limit on it like a certain amount of days. Oh, or, you know, okay. For the contract. Like let's just say it's like 180 days. So 6 months then you can show it. I don't know. How oh, much. I thought they said it was going to be The contract media. was fucked from the beginning though. Yeah. You know how that goes, where oh, you can yeah. kind of let us show it live. Yep. But Yeah, that's a weird contract. Whenever he kind
0: of does those moves and catches like and shows off his strength it was insane and then he got to show off a little uh um of his ground game when he also worked with Gringo uh, Loco as well. So I, I just think that's where you said he's trying to every match show the world I'm not just this guy that's going to go viral for doing the crazy spots. I could do some storytelling. I got strength. I got t- groundwork. I, I'm going to show you that I'm the best in the world at flying, but I'm also going to be the best in the world at everything else. And I'm, every show, I'm going to show it
1: off. All righty. We got some time to talk about this. I'm going to kind of, oh, right off the bat. This is a must-see match it's a historical match it's something you're going to go back and want to look at down the road so i didn't go move for move mostly because if i tried to call out all these moves i would be describing them in paragraphs also there's quite a few moves here where the name of it was not called out not like simple stuff like a suplex but you know an actual specific name like i called one move a skywalker i don't really know if that's the name of it but I think that's what I called it. So I just wanted to let people know that up front because what I have here in my notes are more abbreviated. Usually it's a minute by minute. I did not do that here. I expect this is shitty. I'd never I expect anyone who calls themselves a fan to definitely check this out and say that they've at least seen it once. So I will say that oh,
0: go ahead. I'll say even I'll I'll give a little secret here. You can sign up for fight TV for plus for seven days to go check this out if you don't want to spend the five dollars, but After watching any part of the collective, especially this match, for $5, you get to see this and thousands of hours hours more content, you're going to sign up for Fight Plus. But sign up for a free trial, like I said, and for just for this match alone, if you are on the fence, you could do it for free.
1: So I'm also going to mention that Speedball looked really good, almost like he was cutting weight. If you get a chance, go look at him in his entrance. I don't know if he was oiled or if he just looked like he was cutting weight, but he looked in pretty good shape. Also, he had Tajiri style, the Tajiri style pleather pants. I don't know how much, you know, but yeah, I'm a big fan of those two. Again, I was always a big fan of Tajiri. That's why I know the whole. um, Oh, what's the name of the? See, I say I know a move and then I can't think of it off the top, the tarantula. And I also I was a big fan of the mist, always a big fan of the mist. So, yeah, that's um okay so back to it i was i was gonna start going off on something i figured i'd reel myself in here the whole match though starts with a show of respect the first nine minutes were mostly mostly sh- uh, like slow paced strikes a lot of groundwork a classic wrestling match the warm-up that you would see on an old 80s match that's kind of what it seemed like to me pacing wise but the pacing was intelligent it was done for a certain reason and they were telling a story and they did a damn good job at doing that. But up until that nine minute mark, Vinkingo had really only had one high spot to that point. It really was a lot more boots on the ground at that point, just for a while. It was kind of unexpected, but now that I go back and, and think about the match, I understand why they did it. It was a slow warm up, and then what happened was once the moves did come out, it was something that everybody was waiting on so that when it hit, it was a big eruption. That happened
0: a lot. I think they used that time to establish speedball as the heel in this match too because that's when he did yeah. that, that spot that he, when he does heel, like he'll do the slap or kick on the back when the un, uh, the unrespectful way that he's not supposed to do then he feels yep. bad for him. Okay, here, take my back. And then he gets slapped and he slaps their back and does it again. But this time he kicks him. I think that's a, I think that's what they were kind of trying to do at the beginning of this match. That's what I felt like watching. I'm glad you noticed it too because that's, that's how I felt. It was just establishing who's going to be the heel and who's going to be getting all the cheers and pops when this yep. crazy move start happening.
1: So, yeah, and I mean my expectations were all, oh, you know what, Vakingo's going to come out here and do this, do that. It was all well done, but the second half of the match, that's where the pace picked up and became a lot more physical. This is where I put in my notes, high spots galore. I don't want to kind of it's just it was one warm-up thing going on and then it was just boom, time to hit the pedal. Both men go to the top rope. This is the finisher. Vakingo finishes with a spinning side slam and then finished it after that with a 630 for the win. Our winner in this match was El El Hijo del Vakingo. I'm not going to lie. It was 18 minutes. My notes were abbreviated. But the reason being is because I I just possibly couldn't do this justice. And the moves were so amazing that sometimes even smarter fans are going to go, what the hell move did he just describe? You know, so go watch it
0: yes uh that top you said that top rope spinning slam side slam that he does oh i yeah. get so scared every time because like i said he's not a giant person like i i don't like to call him small i hate like i don't want to be drugs or he's just like height wise it's he i'm gonna say
1: he's, he's smaller for the wrestler of smaller all, his than height expected. benefits him i'm gonna tell you his height oh. benefits him and it makes him capable of doing the things that makes him so fucking popular that's what I'll say about it and I think that's what you kind of mean. And it looks that's better too got. when he's catching these yep. people are doing these these incredible strength moves
0: on the top rope and like the there's no room for air and it, when he hits it it's just so crazy to watch but I get so nervous when he's holding up those the competitor on the ring and does that side slam and the other one he did right in front of me I got a good video of it when he goes onto like the actual ring post that little square mm-hmm. up top and he jumped out uh, outside onto Bailey on the apron and turned it into the Destroyer. That shit was crazy. Like, that was insane. I don't think he did. I'm trying to think back because, like, I am I fast forward a little bit. I'm going to rewatch this on my own time, the whole match, but the one move he did with Kenny Omega on AEW, which was very similar, except he did, like, the 450. Kenny caught it, and then he turned it into a Hurricane Rana to the outside. Like, I don't think he did that during this match. I can't think about it, but that's also a super scary move every time I see him do it because there is no room for air, and... He hits it almost every single time. And that's why I think he's working his way to being quickly mm-hmm. one of the greatest in the world at the moment.
1: I do feel no lie that there is a lot more to offer between the two of these guys than was offered in this match. Go back and watch it. When you get a chance, there are a couple things there that I feel if they had time to work together and plan more, they could have put on a 30 minute match like nothing. That 18 minutes went fast, man. Yeah. It went real fast. I, and I'm a, we're super excited to see now
0: Commander versus Vikingo here in a couple of weeks. I don't know when actually that match is going to happen for... I think it It's going to
1: happen in Las Vegas, damn it.
0: No, it's happening in it other... It did it, yeah. Well, no, Ring of Honor did it, but GCW is doing it too. Like I think in Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay, good. But that's going to be a super fun match to as well to see Commander and Vikingo go out. I still haven't even watched the Ring of Honor match. I've just seen like a clip or two and heard great things about it. That's, I think, actually... Next up on my watch long of all the stuff I wanted to watch during WrestleMania weekend. And I can't wait to see, it, especially in GCW ring with literally they get a little bit more freedom with everything else. I want to see what kind of crazy shit they do uh, in the GCW ring other than what they what I'm going to see in AEW.
1: And then money showered the ring in this one. I'll tell you one thing that's good about being a lucha wrestler is if you bust your ass, you get a bonus. Think about that. <laughs> like you go out there, you bust your ass, you know, you get paid a flat amount of money from the promoter. And then people shower, you know, $20, 50 $100 worth of... I saw a couple of 20s
0: wins. in there after this match. And a lot of pesos oh. and a lot of... Uh, with the, are th- they called loonies? Pesos. Are they called loonies in Canada? Like a lot of uh, Canadian uh, money Canadian as well.
1: Canadian
0: money is the... Or toonies? I, two- I don't know. Or something. I want to look it up. But I, I saw a lot of not, a lot of American dollars, a lot of $20 bills, but I also saw a lot of pesos being thrown in there. And um, I... Yeah, that was a lot of money. I, I didn't even think about it. As you said, an extra, <laughs> extra uh, bonus. It's p- pretty cool. Yeah, it's called a loony. Yeah, right. think Yay. about it.
1: Everybody goes out and butts their ass, does their thing. And then, t- you know, a lucha guy, because you want to be lucha affiliated, if you think about it, they'll still throw money. But you get two lucha guys go out there, man. They're making a bonus that it's just it's part of the culture. Part of the culture is tossing money at good matches. I'm like, damn, oh, there's a lot of American wrestlers that they're missing out on their bonus. You know, that's poor yeah. money. I mean,
0: that's, that's why I always that, picture whatever SCC's. gets thrown in, <laughs> pay for money. their fucking night. And then something. that's why I always picture when I have see uh, justice and, and SGC, whenever they get money thrown at them ever,
1: it's all right. Let's go, go to the bar. And it was nice after mentioning that I hadn't seen justice in a while, that we're going to see justice coming up here soon. You always wonder when you don't see people for a while, did they move on to other things? Is everything good backstage? Yeah. Like, or wow. do we, are we missing something? <laughs> right. That's right. what I always kind of I jump
0: to the worst uh I'm the worst at jumping to conclusions for like the worst possible outcome. <laughs> Cause then if it's not that, okay. then at least it'll be better.
1: I got one for you. Podcasters do it. Fans do it. Smart fans do it. The dumb fans do it. When someone loses a title and we do it, we automatically go, Oh, must be injury. Okay. I found out later the Los Macisos that, yeah, they're hurting, but mostly quite a few dates don't line up down the road. And also we had the Machi death kill thing that was going on, which looks like it might be a little more permanent than we thought. Hopefully. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that real quick.
0: Yeah. Uh, like, like we said, if you are a wrestling fan, you listen to this podcast, even if you have, don't have fight Two be plus, please sign up for the seven day trial. Watch this match specifically. Watch the, uh, the blood sport of speedball and Coda And we're going to be talking at the end, Coda versus Joey Janela. Like You're going to, for free, catch up on the stuff. And if you like it, pay the $5.99 or $7.99, whatever it is, and you get a lot more access and a lot more wrestling to to watch and catch up on as well.
1: All righty. So are we ready for this next crazy one? Match
0: number four of Joey Janela's Spring Break 7 is the special attraction tag team match as MDK, Maki Death Kill... Of Maki Ito and Nick Gage go against Alley Catch and Fe Team Bussy, and I was just ready for an entertaining match with a lot of fuckery since we haven't had too much of it going into this uh, show. If I if I'm not mistaken, other than a little bit of what we saw with DDT, so I thought with this one, when Nick Gage his only match of spring break, he's gonna let loose and <laughs> go crazy with it. And this match was fun and entertaining. Uh, I really enjoyed. Maki kind of getting carried around too, uh, not carried around, but Nick Gage following her around with the ski mask on throughout the whole entrance. And uh, she played it off pretty good. But Nick <laughs> Gage looks kind of cool too. Like he had a giant smile on his face, just enjoying all the love that Maki was getting. And it was nice to see Nick Gage smile uh, and enjoy the moment.
1: I feel like Nick Gage is starting to have wrestling kids. Yeah, that's a good way you to know, put it. I think that's kind of what's going on here. I was, oh. But. No, no, no. I'm going to be diving deep. You go. No, ahead.
0: it's just one thing that just made me think. Like, yeah, like, I kind of, um, re- I can't remember that. So I was going to ask you if you remember when Jordan won the JCW title, did Nick Gage come out or no? I, I think it's safe to say, yeah. Yeah, I, I have think to go so. back and watch that. But like, yeah, it is kind of cool. Like he trains with uh, Jordan all the time and he is posting keep a lot more pictures. They,
1: they keep each other in order. One slides, the other goes. Hey, motherfucker!
0: <laughs> right? Wakey, wakey, bitch! That'd be a f- uh, interesting and very motivating uh, personal trainer, Nick Gage.
1: Right? <laughs> Every morning, you know, you go, Yo, wake up. the fuck up. Wake the fuck <laughs> up! Yeah, go ahead and tell me you have an excuse. I'll go over there, beat you. <laughs> I can see it right now.
0: No, I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear this review. Though. Like I said, uh, I haven't really watched it uh, back since uh other than what i saw in person and watching it now
1: there's a lot of fun stuff in your your notes here that i totally forgot oh yeah there's there's some stuff here so when gage had lost the title i had a plan that i was going to write some stuff down about gage so that we had a chance to really appreciate what is done in his, in his career and just throw some numbers out there for the people who are nerds like me who kind of want to know a little bit half of these numbers we're going to forget but it's nice to listen to them when they get spit out so Gage's most recent GCW championship was his 27th championship run of his career. GCW championship three times for a total of 988 days. He was the OPW heavyweight champ for 821 days. The CZW tag team champ five times for a total of 675 days. The CZW champ um heavy i'm sorry the czw world heavyweight champ four times for 371 days and those are just the ones i counted that are over a year long i was going to ask uh the, the tag champ was that with his brother or
0: was that with uh tremont with the uh
1: give me a second no most of it was with his brother actually okay. let me let me go ahead and dig this out real quick because it it's not take me long to do it no 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 there's no sorry at all this is that's a that's a question i think a lot of people might have that's yeah. That's, you know uh, I mean? Like, that's a great question. Like, where did those wins come from? I just
0: was interested okay. in the tag, the tag team, because, uh, like I said, I I don't I haven't followed the ZZW stuff. That's one on the mini oh, list now. People that's people on my next up list, beautiful. but my back my backlog of wrestling I want to catch up on is getting fucking backlogged. <laughs> but that's no, uh, I, that. I didn't know I didn't picture him as a tag team champion, but um, I just wondered because I know with his brother out that out in CZW, that's a lot of days of just period being any champion. <laughs>
1: Okay, so here's how it works. He was the CZW Tag Team Champion, uh, well, once with Zandig. Then he was the CZW Champion, Tag Team Champion. His second time was with Nate Hatred and the Hate Club. That's what I'm... Third, fourth, and fifth time was with Justice Payne as the Hate Club. So the last time he had won a CZW Tag Team Championship title... Was two thousand five, so February fifth of two thousand five to August ninth of two thousand five. His reign was a hundred and fifty four days for that fifth time. Oh wow! Fourth time seventy, third time two seventy three, second time was a hundred and one, and then the first one was seventy seven. So the minute he hooked up with Justice Pain, Nate you know, Hatred, damn, nice, so cool. So there you go so that's that's one that uh god it's actually good that you ask about that because that was a good one to ask about so if you put every one of them back to back like every one of these titles back to back and added up the days assuming none of these titles lapped like he had two belts at one time so i'm just assuming he won one he had that time uh two three days a year later he maybe won another belt for 88 days so what i did was i counted up how many days total That he had um, held a champion or held a championship belt. So, what I have here is a total. This is including all the ones that are below holding it a year or less. Total of 4,235 days. That's roughly a little over 11 and a half years as a title holder. That's 46% of his career. He's held a title. He's had uh, 578 career matches. He's won 354 of them. That's 61%. The most matches in his career that he'd ever had in one year was in 2019. He had 109 matches and tagged in 77 wins. That's 70%. So I just wanted to kind of get a little bit of that Nick Gage info out there for people who might want to learn something new. No, that was awesome. That was cool. Uh, that uh, 2019, yeah, that was that had to be the year he was... Uh... Surprise, surprise, honestly. I thought some of his... Um, the most amount of work from him would have came in his earlier yep. career because, you know, you're younger and you are work where you can. That's crazy. That's, that's crazy. I think it
0: was just that recently, too. Wow.
1: <clears throat> yeah. So I just want to just mention before everything really kicks off here that the ref in one spot, it was really good job of him because what he did was he took the faces and the heels and he flipped the corners. He made the faces basically stand in the other corner vice versa for camera purposes. And good job on the rep for doing that, because, I mean, some people, the reasoning is because then when the person who's the face is watching the um, the mat and he's watching the show on the camera, he's directly facing the camera. So so I'm sure that might be part of it. Maybe there was something more to it. I didn't see. I know you have something to say on this. You know, a little bit about this. No, I was about to say that explains a lot. And uh, real fast before, uh, before I say
0: that, my thing uh the, the referee is perch and big shout out to perch uh he said uh some nice words about on the podcast and stuff like that and he also yes. just did i think it was this morning you said I, I saw it but i couldn't remember if it was last night or this morning got in a car accident and bloodied up but i think mm-hmm. he's still working i think like i saw a couple people like tweet out like perch at the at a black label pro show tonight or something like that but yeah big shout out to perch go go give him wow. some money because i noticed that two different times Throughout all these events, the two would pop in my mind. Um, and it, it makes complete sense. I'm gonna go back and rewatch the other tag match. I think the other tag match was that um during the folder culture, so so I'll go back and rewatch it. But I saw that happen two different times with the referee and I think it was perched both times, like moved moved competitors and I didn't notice why if it was the faces or heels at, at that time because I wasn't thinking. And that's a very good detail. That probably is the exact reason why they do that, is what you ex- uh-huh. explained, and that's fucking cool that you mentioned like there's my one thing i learned every podcast like on top of all the other nick gage stuff you just said that was a cool little detail now that's something i'm gonna be looking (laughs) another detail i'm gonna be checking for during tag matches that that was awesome that yeah
1: that's cool yeah it's, it's really rare it's really rare to see the faces with the side or their back To the camera in a tag match generally they always make sure that the person's facing the camera so then if there's any drama like there's that hot tag yes i see it right there on tv and you can also see the drama from the person's face on the side who just wants that damn tag that's probably the exact
0: reason why they did it and it's been going on for all my fucking life and i just learned about it today that's that's cool
1: (laughs) so yeah it's uh that was really funny i wish Yeah, it's just sometimes things get brought up and I I remember or you remember and then something funny just gets spit out. But um, yeah, good job by the ref on that one, because that does make a difference. So uh, let me clear my throat. We're going to do a little play by play here on this one. So minute one was Maki and Ali having a cuteness battle. Maki was winning over the crowd. Ali was getting booze in this one. Basically, Allie lost her shit and started attacking Maki. She was really angry. She's not the cute one anymore because now she's the mommy. Minute two, Gage and Effie enter the ring together. Effie eventually gets the upper hand until minute four when Allie is tagged in. We also, I'm noticing here we have more of a classic tag team match with rules being followed. Except for the fact that every now and then we had Bussy ganging up on Gage. Around minute five, Effie's dominating Gage so far. Gage is barely really getting in any offense minute six things turn around for mdk gauge gets the upper hand and maki comes in they start beating on effie they get in lots of offense including a tornado ddt minute seven gauge brought out the pizza cutter gauge dropped it now effie has it ali grabs a chair Gage's head is trapped inside the chair ali kicks the chair and fucks gauge up pretty good effie starts to cut maki's forehead and about minute eight maki's bloodied. I was really surprised by that, but I don't know if you noticed where they bloodied her was above the hairline, not on the face.
0: Yeah, I, I actually when I did, she because she came by me um, after she mm-hmm. got cut up, and I I saw how high up, and I I actually thought of you at that time. You always say like protecting her face, and like yeah, that was yeah. high
1: up. I couldn't notice it. Yeah, that's Hollywood, baby. So yeah, minute eight, she's bloodied. Allie now has the cutter. Bussy is trading shots with the cutter. They parade her all around the ring. So, what I'm mentioning here basically is that Maki was getting cut, and then Effie'd go, Well, let me have this. I want a cutter. And then it would be Effie's turn. Things like that were going on. Minute nine, Gage comes back in, and he clears both members of Bussy. MDK double face wash on Bussy, and then again, and then again. Around minute nine, then, Maki gets revenge on Allie while Gage rips open Effie's forehead with the pizza cutter. We were then going to the split screen double pizza cutters, which was awesome for anyone who hasn't seen it. But once it explained to him, we went to a split screen and in one screen, it was gauge cutting Effie's head and Effie is screaming. And then in the other one, we had Maki cutting Allie's head and Allie is screaming. And it was just funny. It was comical, but in a fun way, like it was one of those things that's unique that doesn't happen often that I really liked, but also I could see this little, if this MDK thing goes further, I would like to see that as a staple. The staple that they're both just going nuts on people with the pizza cutters and the, you know, I kind of like it. I don't know. I thought it's nice, it's kind of fun. And then eventually they were all on one screen together and they were cutting. You should see it on TV. It actually... Okay, good. You are?
0: I am right now. I actually like fast forward to that part. Because like, when you said that, I'm like, I didn't catch that. Obviously, I, didn't, I was Dude, live.
1: And fantastic. That's so smart and so good. Yes. Awesome job. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> the split screen made me pop. And then when I saw that they had them all on one screen, you can see where they kind of have them on one rope together at one spot. And they're doing it. And they're like, ah, all screaming together. Fantastic. So, minute 12 now. We have Ali. And Effie facing off here. And Gage will basically hit the choke breaker on Allie. Effie was in to save Allie. Maki comes in with a steel chair. I should have said Allie and it doesn't matter. Mackie comes in, Maki comes in with a steel chair. There's a huge chair shot on Effie from behind. Effie takes the chair and swings on Gage, knocking him completely out of the ring. Round minute 13, we had this is awesome chance from the crowd. The chairs were positioned and Maki gets a choke breaker on Effie on top of the chairs. Allie threatens maki who begins to cry the spot that we were talking about last night and Allie soothes maki and maki flips her the fuck off Allie then begins to cry because it hurt her feelings so because she's crying she's noticing that effie's kind of sneaking up from behind and the whole point was we find out Allie's really doing this so that she can distract maki from seeing that effie's coming up from behind her well guess what that's exactly what happened Effie attacks her from behind. Gage then comes in with the chair and launches it at Effie, and then grabs Ally Catch. So I'm going to just go ahead and fast forward a little bit to our ending here because um, you have to pay extra for that on our on our paywall. But um, yeah, that's funny, Maki. <laughs> look at you! I, I can see you're like laughing a little bit. Yeah, no advertisements, no bullshit over here so far. We've done pretty good on that. But our ending was like this: Maki hit a huge DDT on Effie. Gage then picks up Allie at the same time and slams her down. Basically, it ended up being double pins for the win. Our winner here was Maki death kill. I can actually say as much as I knew it would kind of be joking and fun. I was really satisfied and happy with this. Like, that's kind of funny. But yeah, satisfied and happy, like a fucking Snickers bar. It's really interesting
0: <laughs> that, that I had the same thought. I And this was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And it connected and it was just entertaining, got bloody, had all the fun spots. I enjoyed every second of this match. And yeah, I totally forgot about a couple of those spots. Like I said, I watched a lot of fucking wrestling that week until you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Um the, the crying spot. I forgot too. <laughs> I forgot as well. And that, I just think is so cool. Yeah. They added that split screen for the, the pizza cutter spots. Cause that, yeah. I, that's, that was cool. Cause I, I thought I, I was laughing about it in person. 'Cause like they were just all going around the ropes and stuff like that. And then uh hearing the crowd like over here was pretty funny, uh as as they always are. Um that that was an entertaining match. That was fun. I definitely have nothing bad to say about that match. I laughed, it was fun, I got the blood, perfect, perfect match for Joey Jenlow's spring break in every competitor, I think. <laughs> Excelled at what they were supposed to do during this
1: match. So I remember yesterday and anybody who listened yesterday can remember you made a point. And the point that I was talking about was there was a performer. I can't remember that their name was it. the best bros, the best bros. Right. And I was like, you know, it annoys me and I don't like it. And this and that I was being really negative about it. First of all, I changed my mind after knowing that they got fucked and screwed over and had to wander around for three hours in L.A. But. You made a good point here where you were saying like Maki does her own thing like a kid where she holds her nose and acts like she's injured and cries and points. And I'll honestly tell you, I spent the last like 18 hours trying to answer you as to how they are different and why I like one and not the other. And I have to say it probably comes down to character because I can't tell you why I'm giving her a pass on something that the other person is clearly doing also. Anyway, Uh, I uh, wanted to make sure I said that I really don't have an answer still, but I agree 100 percent. I'm treating them differently. I'd love to know why and how. I think it's just the person I like the personality. Yep, And that that if
0: that says just about general wrestling, you might like a wrestler who has the same moveset as someone else, but because their character, they pull it off better than someone else. That's that's just wrestling.
1: Well, I didn't like Maki at first. No lie. Uh, You know why? Because like, okay what I saw online was somebody who would post some cute picture and then go fuck or, or what, what's up motherfuckers and stuff like that. And what it looked like to me was some girl went, I'm going to be cute online. I'm going to learn how to cuss in their language. So I look at like edgy and I'm going to get over like that. And originally I thought it was just that one dimensional just because that's what it came off looking like. Like, Just cuss in someone's language and, and, you know, like, look cute and take a picture. There's no substance to it. It's just cuss and take a picture, cuss and take a picture over and over. So you're relying on the picture, really. And then people go, oh, she's so crazy. She's so wild because she put a cuss word in our language in her picture. It's Nick Cage. That's literally Nick Cage. (laughs) You're correct. You're correct. And that's kind of funny that that's how that all worked out. But again, for... Probably a couple weeks, I was like, that is not my style. Now, this was years ago. See, I, oh, I'm not gonna. I saw her for the
0: first time in AEW. I was like, okay, she's entertaining. She got the comedy spots. Really, the Kokeshi, Yeah, I like literally it was like on for day one because like she was pretty good in the ring, but the comedy spots is what did it for me. I don't think she did the crying one. I can't remember, but like when she does that fall in the sleep headbutt, I enjoy that one too because like her facial reaction as she's falling is a complete like no cell. I'm sleeping, in. and I just thought that was entertaining in a comedic manner. And I've enjoyed like like I said, I I enjoyed her work then and then um then she was gone for a while and then she came back she stood up, and was like hey i remember her like that's awesome they got her and she's taken off since then and i i said i i thought she should have she took a couple losses early when she started and i was like oh shit is she not going to come back here because she thinks she's failing again like how she did in aew but luckily she came back and like i said i i enjoy the entertaining spot like i view her more as a comedy but she could actually still wrestle it's not just like a bad comedy or a bad wrestler that just has to rely on comedy. If she needs to go in the ring, she kind of, she has shown it. I saw in AEW and ever since then I saw the clips, like on uh, TJ, uh, TJPW. So um, yeah, I, I definitely enjoy her being in GCW. I think she has a comedy, especially to Nick Gage, two complete opposite scales and Gage is buying into it and having fun with it too. It's been an entertaining run with this new uh, Maki death
1: kill. So I just want to ask you real quick without looking it up, where was the first company she ever worked at? Like yeah, like first over company. like her first match, first company she ever worked at.
0: I mean, I'd have to say DDT. Tokyo. Oh, she that she DDT. that's a, she's a perfect she DDT put wrestler. Three
1: years at DDT first. Yep, and then she went from there to Tokyo Joshi Pro from basically 2016 till now. I that that makes I didn't I wouldn't even think about that, yeah, but it makes think.
0: complete sense. Yeah, uh, she's a perfect like character for DDT wrestling.
1: Yeah, now I'll fuck with you real quick. What was the name of the group she was in? No idea. I'm just fucking with you. This is oh. for the nerds. She was in a group called Link. L-I-N-Q. So, just letting you know. Also, her her ring name at one time was Maki Ito. M-A-K-I I-T-O. No H on the end. Yeah. She has an H on the end. So, just something stupid. But, yeah, she's been active since 2012, and she really broke out first in DDT. So, if she wasn't so over, my booking mind would have said it would have been fun for her to come in like, yeah, GCW, GCW. But then... DDT. Because the fans don't know, she fucking flips and fucks over somebody or a group, and she's like DDT bitch. I, oh, and I think the reason yeah. they didn't do that because
0: they kind of just did that with speedball. I I honestly exactly, think they, the that might have been a good. That's a great call. Yeah, they I they probably didn't do that just because of the whole. And like, she'd have to turn her back on MDK, and you don't. want
1: she's so you old. don't want to do that yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't want to. You like that? That would right be now fun. Is so hot for her. It just works so that would have been fun to see too though yeah oh maki ito all right so of course i'm thinking that this match is primarily over here which it was maki sends us out of course gage asks, get us the fuck out of here and she does it she says it's mdk what do the fans say oh fucking day that all rhymed actually (laughs) so from behind comes cardona and steph delander i really i didn't see it all coming yeah. He says uh so he attacks him from behind they get knocked down he grabs the microphone all hail the death match i can't do it without laughing i love him all hail the death match king all hail the indie god the crowd's booing we got shut the fuck up chance cardona's throwing chairs at gage so cardona then grabs the mic he starts talking a little further he says uh that his friend cody rhodes will become the wwe universal champion Steph says that the locker room in GCW is embarrassing. The women's division is embarrassing. Gage is a felon. Maki looks like she's 15 years old. Cardona says him and DeLander are now the most over in the industry, and they're basically going to try to take over GCW. Cardona and DeLander grab chairs and get ready to take out Gage, and then here comes the music. Masha comes out for the save, and she comes to the ring. So I'm just going to go ahead for a second here and just kind of give a little bit of like an opinion. Holy shit. Either Delander is tall or Masha is short. So I was trying to figure it out. I really was because I was fucking confused here. I'm looking at this and I'm like, there is no way our champion is that short or now. Now, no shit. Death is big. I think oh, it's a mixture it's of Delander both. I think they're both
0: girl. I think she's both tall and <laughs> And Masha is a little on the shorter side.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I was sitting there trying to eyeball a little bit, you know, because that's real, the professional way to do it and real exact. But I am roughly Cardona's height. He bills himself at, I think, six, four, six, five. He's probably somewhere between six, two, six, three. I'm roughly between six, two and six, three. When I talk to him, we're right about right there with each other, give or take an inch on one side or the either, depending upon what shoes we're wearing. I... I was looking at where Cardona was standing and then Delander, where she was compared to him. I would put her at somewhere between 5'9 and 5'11. She has a height listed at 5'11, but I can't tell if that's build or shoot. So I'm not really sure. But I'm saying 5'9 to 5'11, give or take an inch, Cardona 6'3. And then I would put Masha then with what's going on since she was like at her nose level, probably 5'2 to 5'5. Does that sound fair?
0: I'm trying to watch like I can't even see them like right by it's like standing next to each other again but
1: I see where there's like a face off of talking and Cardona will be over to the left of Steph's uh shoulder.
0: Oh okay. Uh yeah.
1: If I if I could I like I could run it and probably give oh, you a map on it but yeah, and I'm looking at him and I'm looking at her and I'm like, holy shit, she's small. Yeah, she, I think she's, she's small, but she's also we tall. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, I think it's a, it's a bad combination of both, honestly, because the way I kind of measured it was I was looking at the ring, po- the ring ropes and how tall the ring ropes are. And I was trying to see where she was compared to the third, third rope. Yeah, Masha's a little shorter. Yeah. Deaf is a big girl. I <laughs> like it. I think it's awesome because she comes off as one of those people that, you know, she'd probably just sit in a bar and drink and she's probably she's that one woman and all the other women would not want to fight with she's the alpha that kind of thing like that's that's the one i'd carry into a bar fight with <laughs> but, um, yeah steph and masha start to threaten each other as Masha's standing up for the gcw name and the locker room gauge then spears cardona as both roll outside the ring and continue to fight outside and basically towards the back and into the locker room Delander basically gets ready to fight. I put down here she's a solid woman. I'm not gonna lie. She's a solid woman. No lie. Um, a good build for wrestling. The real life Delander, when I'm looking at both of them, would absolutely fold Masha. I'm not gonna lie. It was very obvious. The shit talking continues. Scarlet rolls in the ring. We have a referee. Masha puts her belt on the line and we have a match.
0: Yeah. Uh I'm glad I glad we finally at least got to see uh the GCW. World champ on the show because like, guy's. Uh, we were talking going into this like, what are they gonna do? Like Gage, like the, nothing was really announced. At least they announced Gage's match, but then you don't have your champion on. Then I thought that would have not have been too good of a look to not have your champion on your probably biggest show of the year. And this was an interesting way to get her involved and get her on the show. Um, when this match got, it lasted longer than I think it way should have had. I thought this should have just ended quickly in my opinion. Just to give us time either for something else or someone else's matches. Um, but I was ooh, interested.
1: Ooh, ooh. I'd call it the Masha squash.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I've seen Delana wrestle a couple times, not too much, but like, I think she's pretty decent in the ring from what I remember. It wasn't like she was awful, but um is pretty good. So I, I, I just found this as an opportunity. Like, okay, let's see what Steph can do in the ring. I think maybe because either she was not trying to uh, show off like her actual wrestling or, kind of because she was in the street clothes and wasn't prepared for the fight. I think she did a pretty good job of kind of keeping it to the strikes and just playing the the size advantage. And I at least enjoyed getting the champion on here. I didn't like the whole reason for this match and blah, blah, blah. I could have done without that or it could have been done some other way. But um, it also helps put Cardona over more as an asshole. Also with his new Sherry, I mean, uh,
1: Steph DeLander. (laughs) DeLander looks like the one female on this show that would probably give me a fair fight. I'm not lying like she's she's just a couple inches under me like i was really impressed i hope she stays on for a while because she looks like she could beat some ass i'm really hoping that her strength matches what she looks like she's capable of out there really curious and so we'll start off the match
0: and uh scarlet comes out which i thought was a funny little detail to match add another woman to it so now we got uh three women in there for the world title and the senior lead official, as we always say, I think she's the perfect one to be in the world title match. Yes. And yeah, Masha uh,
1: definitely had uh, played a little bit David Goliath here uh, throughout this match. Yeah, for sure. So, and, and that's what this is about. This is about building Masha for sure. But um, this is also about introducing the lander to the crowd and getting her in the position to basically be what you were talking about earlier as basically sensational Sherry. That's what she is to Cardona right now. She's yeah, scary Sherry, sensational Sherry.
0: And that's the shit I love that Cardona does. We're seeing it. Brings in the old bring in old school like acts and like the characters and and incorporate incorporates them now. And that just also helps him get even more over as a heel, playing up to the standard WWE bullshit that obviously GCW likes to stay away from.
1: So Masha starts out as the aggressor and she grabs a chair and then props it up in the corner. Steph takes over in the second minute and poses for the booze. She lets the birds fly to all the fans, which I found fucking hilarious. The next minute basically had Delander beating on Masha. So it was kind of slow in the beginning here, but I'm gonna start following up here a little little more. So minute three, Masha turns it around, she finds a door and brings it in the ring. She found a really large door that we were kind of talking about, how awkwardly large it was. And all the time Masha spent, Delander, she basically she was healing up. Masha was you know she was kind of just spending way too much time wasting she yeah delander spent all that time healing up she basically kicks masha down it was really as easy as it was we talk about this all the time where people kind of are too busy hot dogging it the old school term and um they don't stay on their, their opponent and that's when they get themselves in trouble minute four steph grabs two chairs and slams masha on top of them one of the chair was uh, bent very hard masha gives Steph the air raid crash through the door minute five masha goes for the white knight driver and cardona decides he's going to enter the match he threatens her with a chair gage and maki come back out to run off cardona and maki with some huge face washes so then next that would be where i'll go ahead and announce the finish in this that's because it was a shorter match it was six and a half minutes it was atypical for a championship match but it was also on the fly so I don't know if there were original plans and they may have changed because our expectations were for something to be major or something to be like some kind of a twist. If Steph Delander has a major role in this company from here on out, then I understand it. So our ending here on this one was primarily where Delander had a, uh, she has Masha up and then Masha reverses it into a sleeper hold and they both fall to the ground and Delander taps out. So our winner in this one was Masha Slamovich. That was very interesting. Like I said, yeah, six and a half. You said you would like to see it shorter, like squash style?
0: Yeah, like, I don't know, just because it, cause it was kind of just a thrown together match. But now, like, rewatching and uh, listening to the review, I could kind of see where actually I did for a little bit think that Macho could lose just because... That could be something Cardona could get major heat with on the GCW, uh, with the GCW universe. Cheat for her to win. Exactly. That's why I was like, "Oh shit!" And then they're gonna play off something with Steph either being like, uh, "What was that?" The Freebird rules with the world title with Cardona. I don't know. That's where my mind was going for a little bit, but I ultimately Uh, Freebird rule. Yeah, some sure. bullshit with Cardona because he would do that just to piss off everybody. So um, I thought maybe that was a way they were going, but ultimately uh, I had Masha winning um, and I'm glad she did win. And like I said, I do want to see what is Takama here. I think she's defending against Sawyer Wreck. Or no, um, I forgot when winner next one. I thought I saw like a pretty big name for her first title defense, but yeah, it is Sawyer Wreck. I was right coming up. Oh, it's not the first really? one.
1: Yeah, it is. Next, next, uh, Wait, 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 Masha. Yeah, Masha versus Sawyer. This was the first title defense. She put it on the line.
0: Oh, sorry, not the first one. I meant um, like first title defense after spring break.
1: Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay.
0: I don't know. I treat like spring break, like WrestleMania, like first post WrestleMania. Like it's like defense, a new year, something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's where I kind of like uh, the fresh
1: start. It. It's like, yeah, happy new year for WWE. I get that. I get that. I know what you're saying. Basically, the cycle begins. Yeah. After that. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, fun and chaotic. Quick and entertaining. I liked basically how all of it went down. Um, Let's maybe talk or not talk. That's another Masha win via interference.
0: Uh, She didn't have interference on the show. We didn't cover the speedball one. But there was a lot of fuckery, but I enjoyed all of it. That's my
1: one kind of okay good now the the... reason why i'm saying this is for integrity purposes yeah i don't want to give a belt to someone and then constantly be helping them out just to um give them the win because that's not going to make them look good over time and it's going to make their reign look weak and i'm hoping that's not what they're wanting to do so that's why i'm kind of questioning uh, how this is going because there seems to always be some type of buckery or situation except for you know the one you mentioned there so who knows
0: and that just but it just showed like what she had to go through to beat Speedball. And I think that's perfect though, because Speedball is one of the best in the world, and Masha to prove herself as one of the best in the world as the GCW champion had to dig down deep, and that's what she did. So I thought storyline kind of thinking wise, it made sense in that uh, match as well to kind of have all that nonsense with the Speedball match, but it made it so entertaining and so cool to see. Like
1: I haven't seen in any like that in a long time or if ever i love surprise matches like that where shit just goes down between two people and the motherfucker goes you know what it's going down right here and the fucking shirt comes off and the hat i love it it's like it's grudge like it's on the spot it feels a little more real i know it's not you know yeah but it feels a little more real and it for some reason, the crowd really loved... Like, if they knew it was Steph Delander versus Masha Slamovich, and that was going to be the match, and they announced each of them coming out, and they came out, and they each got their claps and cheers, the excitement level would definitely not have been as high if they didn't do it this way. I love that surprise. I repeat myself, but I love that surprise. <laughs> yeah. Just said it again.
0: It, it was a good way to insert the champion into the card and not... Uh as so nothing was announced and still had for uh, defend the title. That was pretty cool. And it still kind of played into the, we still might get a Nick Gage, uh Matt Cardona part two. I don't think we've seen a part two, if I remember correctly. I think, yeah, Cardona lost it to Moxley. And then that's when, yeah. Okay, so we haven't seen part two yet. Now we'd like to yep. see if Cardona might want to do that one more time if he does go back to any bigger company. Just one last
1: time for, just to say he did it again. So Masha then beat up Steph. So what might happen here is then Cardona tries to get his, you know, revenge in this sense or whatever. And that's where Steph may fuck over Masha because what happens then is, you know, Cardona gets heat Masha and Steph is the blow off match that gets her out of the championship and gives her a purpose. Yeah. That'd be makes sense. I don't know. I don't know. I just, it was something kind of fun to talk about before we went on, but uh, yeah, I didn't know what else to tell you about this match. This was We talked about it longer than it was. I was just about to say that (laughs) we did talk about it longer. It's all right though, because that leads us into
0: the main event of Joey Janela's Spring Break Seven, as Kota Ibushi goes against Joey Janela, and once again the that entrance and the Kota chants were insane, and it's so nice just seeing how much he's enjoying like the love that he's getting from the crowd. Like he literally goes slow around each fan, eye contact, make sure he t- like slaps everyone high fives and goes out of his way to make sure that like he shows his appreciation to the fans. Cause I mean, like you could see it through his face. Like he's like almost in tears of <laughs>
1: the enthusiasm that GCW crowd has been showing him lately. So I'm going to ask you cause you were there and I don't have a memory for it. The first time he came out, was he like that, or is it just yeah? After the every second, every time he came okay. out, okay, like even for the Bloodsport entrance, he could like see
0: it, like he he was so happy, and the crowd was just for him, and I I, I just saw the happiness in his face. Like I hope he does stick around a little bit longer with GCW, because I mean he did a lot of shit for DDT back in the day, so maybe he could thinks this is the American DDT, and if. If he does sign with AEW, as he says, his skill set will fit more. If he can still do GCW, I think he'll get that into his contract, so he can still do the fun shit. Because he said he wants to do stuff that no one's doing before and treat and teach all these like younger wrestlers that hey, there's more than one uh, one way to do it. Not everyone has to do it the right. same way. So uh, I think when, what better place to do it than on the biggest independent wrestling company in the world with J, uh, GCW and all their young talent? I I just hope that's so- kind of what happens with Coda.
1: Well, yeah, so really, I mean, this was just a huge welcome back. It's not like this was his first match of the collective, but welcome back. That's that's kind of how it was put across here. The fans were really happy to see him. And yeah, you were there. It was electric as fuck, right? Yeah, it's just
0: like, like I said it many times. It feels like he chose us like out of everywhere. He wrestled his first spot back. Could have been it could have been in Japan, could have been with DDT and have the fun. But he chose to come out here for GCW. And I just think that's. A great sign of things to come with other future like wrestlers that get let go to kinda get a nice warm welcome as we gave Ibushi if he's up to like those kind of standards. And I mean we give Cardona the Cardona respect that he wants. Like that's what he the yeah. rub that he's wanting to get from and he's getting it. So it doesn't always have to be all cheers. It could be the booze in the good way. And I do hope that more talent that gets released realize that that G C W is out there and the fans are knowledgeable and appreciative of you coming to G C W and get Blessed us with your presence.
1: Right. Well, it's kind of funny because my next note on here was regarding what you were just talking about. Ibushi looked happy and he looked confident. He says hi to everyone. I really think that like looking at him, his level of appreciation, the smile, I think he gets the vibe. I'm not sure how long it took him to get it, but I think that like I saw it. I appreciate his appreciation. Yeah. Well, my, next, my next message on here is just please come back. I really do want to see him more. The reason why, he's a generational talent. And we're fortunate enough to see him perform in a GCW ring. You know, just a little bit on Ibushi because I'm going to tell you, I don't know why, but I was just into my stats when I was writing. And again, that actually is why I took a little extra longer, but 100% worth it. He's held titles in IWGP and KOD. In IWGP, he held it for 797 days. That's over two years. And KOD for 889 days. That's almost two and a half years. He's been wrestling for 18 years. Roughly, he's around your age, But he can strike. He's agile, quick, strong. He can do comedy. I honestly think he's the complete package. Later on, I'm going to say what Joey had to say about Ibushi. And I'm going to tell you that I feel the same way 100%. Janela, he comes out extra oily. He did some body work before he came out. This is obviously a special night for him, and it shows in his demeanor. It shows in how seriously he's taking himself when he just he comes out. He wants to look good for this match because he knows this is a very important match in his career. I like it. It's wonderful. What are you thinking, Joey? I called you, Joey. What do you think it'd be? Uh, I was actually surprised by some Kota boosts his age. He's actually 40. No shit. Wow, he's got the body of a bait. That's what I'm like, like, holy shit.
0: But and good like genetics, good for him. Yeah, that's what I'm stunned on the age. I was like, when you say close to my age, I'm like, okay. no, I thought Abushi was younger, And but he's I, I would honestly put him at like 32, 33. I would have said, sure. like, yeah, like yeah. 30 exactly for me because, like, I just with him and Omega, I know Omega's older, but um, just how he's still move, moving and stuff like that, I haven't seen that. That's shocking if Abushi's that old, but. You couldn't tell, and fuck it, he's still at the top of his game after this match.
1: So, we did have Ibushi and Joey Chance back and forth throughout the, cloud, uh, throughout the crowd. There was a very slow pace for the first few minutes. It was a lot of stare downs, some basic back and fours. Neither man was really getting booed. So, at this point, we really didn't have a heel or anyone functioning as a heel just yet. So minute three, Joey goes outside, asking Ibushi to come outside to meet him. Ibushi comes out, and Janela gets back in the ring. Basically, it's just like a mind play. Joey's trying to, basically, you know, show him that he's smarter than him. You may have this, you may have that, but I have veteran knowledge, and so on and so forth. But that tells me then that Joey's younger. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, you go ahead. So minute five, Joey delivers chops to the chest. Ibushi Ibushi. I keep wanting to say Ibushi because I think of like yeah. So Ibushi. Abusi now. <gasps> uh oh, we found it. This is, is
0: a Oh found, my god, Kota! It's uh, Kota time. Uh,
1: it's it's so a, Kota a, a <laughs> So Ibushi, Ibushi. Oh my gosh! So Kota eventually counters with a kick to the face, and he gets he gets more aggressive as the match goes on. Forearm exchanges back and forth. Six minutes in, six minutes in, and we're still at an old school pace. It's much slower than the average GCW match, but in a good way because it's methodically paced. Would be the best way to put it. Minute seven, Ibushi uh, shot into the corner and hurt his back some. He obviously felt better when he hit Janela with a rana. Minute eight, Ibushi then had a huge springboard moonsault from the top rope onto the floor with Janela waiting below. Minute nine, Kota deadlifts Janela from the ground into a regal plex. Very fucking strong was what I put here. Minute 10, Janela with a huge brain buster on Ibushi. Kick out at two. Minute 11, both men exchanging forearms on the apron. Joey runs and charges at Ibushi. Ibushi moves and Joey runs head first into a steel ring post. Joey was busted open. Minute 12, back in the ring of bloody Joey's taking shots to the face. Joey hawks up and goes back and forth with Ibushi. Minute 13, back to the apron. Joey drops Coda head first on the ring post. Joey's looking for a door. He looks down and Janela is dripping blood. I'm going to stop for a second. You're fucking laughing at me trying to slaughter that name like nine different <laughs> I'm like, snap, focused every it, time it comes yeah. up. And if anybody you would have seen it, I'm fucking trying to go down through the <laughs> run through here and he's laughing like he's making me laugh as I'm trying to talk. I fucking flip him the bird on uh, the camera here. Janella oh. is 33. Wow. Is that what he's at? Yeah. Magic 33. Look at him. Wow. He's uh, he's aged too, man. He's been he's been beaten up quite a few times. That's for damn sure. Yes. Wow. All right. So minute 14, Joey makes a double door bridge. It's a big setup for this bridge. Minute 15, he's exchanging punches outside the ring. Coda is laid out on the door bridge Joey's up on the top rope Ibushi knocks him off the rope he then grabs Janella and suplexes him onto the double door bridge below huge holy shit chant from the from the fans minute 17 both men are still recovering after that move they totally deserve it it was like one minute they've been going straight for 16 minutes minute 18 Joey with the Death Valley driver in the ring another Death Valley driver then Coda kicks out at uh, one trading forearm shots. He had that Hulk up moment. Primarily minute 19, lots of shots being traded back and forth about literally about a minute's worth of shots back and forth. What you got to tell me what you thinking. I thought you had something you were thinking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I'm like, Oh, he must be thinking something right there. Okay. Okay. And I don't know if anybody noticed, but we just went into a time warp. Uh, we'll just say 24, 48 hours roughly. Yeah. So <laughs> does that sound about right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, we're gonna go ahead and get back into this again here. So minute nineteen, there was lots of shots being traded, about a minute's worth. Minute twenty, Joey Joey had a rolling elbow onto Ibushi. Oh my shit! Here we go with the names again. Ibushi had a uh, suplex on janella janella then had a German suplex. Ibushi then released German suplex on Janela. It was back to back to back over and over. Minute twenty one, they close line each other. There's GCW chants throughout the crowd. Joey's forehead is popped open. I found out later on it's six t- stitches in total. Minute 22, Abushi was smiling as Joey's covered in blood, exchanging slaps. There ended up being a slap fight. Joey eats several strong kicks. Joey then hits a lariat. Minute 23, Joey with a package pile driver. He only gets two, though, and then he delivers a super kick. Right around minute 24, Joey delivers another super kick. A third super kick comes right after that. Abushi though eventually catches Joey with a huge knee to the face for the win. That was our ending. Our winner here was Kota Abushi. and I will say this was definitely a—it uh, was a historical match that will definitely stay in the GCW library permanently. And I have to say, for you, you witnessed history live.
0: Yes, and it was—it was a fun match, and Kota delivered on everything, and Joey obviously got all his craziness in and I think with him and Coda that was a incredible match. I just said historic. Um and I think I say I think it's historic as well, just because I know you're gonna get into it, so I'll let you uh talk about it. But what Joey says afterwards when he's on the mic and he kind of does his little uh promo after the match is over, everything he pretty much says other than like his own personal stuff, but like about Ibushi choosing GCW, how that's super cool and means a lot to him because they could have chose every he could have chose anywhere else literally but he chose for his comeback GCW in his first actual wrestling match comeback against Joey Janela um i think that says a lot and I, that's what i always was saying during the event and kind of like beforehand i think it's cool that Kota chose GCW because that's something like that's a pretty big name choosing to not go to any other company first, but GCW. And I think that was just cool. And I think that plays into kind of our fandom with GCW, where we love how all these big name wrestlers like Will Ospreay. And now uh, I know it was announced way later, Zach, Os- uh, Zach Ospreay, <laughs> Zach Saber Jr. was announced for a GCW show uh, coming up here soon, too. And I think that's just awesome to see all these uh, big names choosing to come to GCW on their own.
1: No, he's one of quite a few that they're like, well, I don't know. I got to get back in this. I'm not sure if I still got it. They get into the GCW ring. They get to experience our fan base, which is just one of the most wonderful, like, nest-like fan bases that if a wrestler wanted to fall in a ring surrounded by fans, the GCW fans would be it. So... I yeah, I'm super thankful because I'm not gonna lie. This is one of the first few times I had ever seen Kota in the ring in full. I always see highlights on YouTube and clips on Twitter. This was really enjoyable, and he's he's a total package, no lie, yes, yeah, but uh Joey was in tears. The camera then comes in on his face just as it goes in on his face. If anybody watches, this is the time where he's sitting down on the mat he's on the the camera's on the right side of Joey's face. You're going to see blood go right down Joey's eye and down his cheek and it looks like he cried blood. It's such a cool shot that if someone gets a chance it's so gifable. But both of them show a uh, both of them show respect to each other. And then Joey goes ahead and he grabs a mic. So I thought he was going to thank Kota and then thank everybody for coming out. It was a little different here tonight. He said that 4 years ago he signed his first wrestling contract. He said it started great but at some point he lost himself. He was depressed and jelly, his words. I had to deal or I had to deal. He said he had to deal with his ex being with a new guy. It was just a difficult time. He lost himself in AEW, but he wants to thank AEW and Tony Khan for what they did for him. He said somehow, you know, Ibushi decided to come to GCW and not WWE or AEW for now. Wink, wink. He said that means the world to me and everyone in the back. He says that Kota is the embodiment of the Japanese spirit of wrestling, and he gave a sincere thank you and appreciates him for coming to GCW. Fans rushed to the ring and pound the ever loving shit out of the mat. I honestly thought it was a beautiful ending, and I am 100% in agreement with Joey Janilla that um, he, Kota, truly is the Japanese embodiment of wrestling like he is he's it and, and i I think i agree with him because he not just
0: talking about the general in ring like koda's gone out and said he wants to cheat teach these other younger wrestlers that there's more than just one way and one style to do it you can have fun doing the death match and still make a living and still have a great art form in wrestling you could have the comedy matches with Yoshiku and stuff like that like and i think that's everything he's gone through in his career and I think that's also another reason maybe he chose GCW because they do uh, cover a lot of different styles of wrestling and kind of the full embodiment of wrestling throughout their cards as we see different styles of matches and different um, stylistic matchups with the wrestlers and stuff. So I, I definitely agree with everything Joey said. And also he, I didn't know about the whole uh, Penelope Ford thing and all that too. That was kind of like not eye-opening, but made a lot more stuff kind of make sense of what Joey was going through at the time. And, he was acted, the way he acted if you want to say that because we did obviously don't see everything but i know from just in gcw we saw a little different joey back then when he was going through it all then what we see now uh that he's out of aew and all the other toxic stuff that was uh hurting him and making him depressed and all that that he said or lost himself
1: so no lie you could even tell from the first year of episodes going into year two there was a lot of alcohol involved in those early AEW shows, man. Jericho was fucking lit half the time <laughs> coming out. You could just see it like a lot of those guys. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how long it's going to be, but I could see Kota then picking up and going to AEW. He's a WWE guy too, but the problem is he's not because he's not that cartoon character. He's a real wrestler. I don't know how he'd fit in on a Raw but just, no. just there's no space for him on raw. I don't know. What I do think, you think?
0: I think what he does in AEW, so if he does like the that kind of more traditional wrestling there, but then he also does all the fun stuff that he likes to do in wrestling GCW, I'd be all for that. And I hopefully this match is kind of a good sign to come with the relationship between AEW and GCW. Because I think it kind of was a lot for Uh, Coda to have Joey as his first match being a former AEW wrestler, but Joey still probably has a lot of connections with AEW, and they probably said, like, hey, like, go ahead and take this as a warm-up match, as you said, not a tune-up, but kind of, like, to see where you are and see how physically ready you are to come back and go ahead and have this with Joey. We kind of trust him still, even though it's still a big ask uh, from what Tony has kind of said about GCW in the past, but um, I hopefully this will help their relationship with GCW and AEW, we can still keep on seeing all these crossovers because uh, it was so cool seeing Eddie Kingston there, Takeshita there, uh, Michael Nakazawa was there and still performing under the GCW banner, but still contracted to AEW. So hopefully things will go back to kind of how AEW first started and they'll let their talent when not being used still work GCW and all these other
1: independent wrestling territories. So what I was going to tell you that I almost forgot about there for a second... On Joey Janela, did you know the first year there was kind of a back and forth between Kip and Joey backstage that ended up being a big deal for a while? No. It ended up having to stay separate and the whole thing. I think off the top of my head, it was definitely an argument, if not into like some type of physical altercation. I just can't remember what kind. But um, yeah, if you go back and look that up somewhere in like the wrestling rumors somewhere from two, three years ago, you're going to find it in there. And I think that's maybe why he was acknowledging that. That's
0: good on him, though. Like, that I for people like me, that I would have not known because I didn't really start getting into the whole behind the scenes wrestling stuff until like a few years ago. And even nowadays, like you could just like just regular news, though so you got to see what's true and who's not true and all that stuff and what information is uh, correct out there. But I that makes sense, though. Like I him acknowledging it's, I think, a great step forward to put the past behind him and move on to the future now that it's out there in public like no one can kind of use that as fuel to try to piss Joey off or get underneath his skin. He's already like stepped in front of it and acknowledged it. So whatever any fans has to say is not going to really bother him.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, it has been a while. Uh, Like I said, two, three years. He'd really have to go back and see. He addressed it maybe a couple times here and there. And I believe they're on good terms now, but it was a deal there for a while that yeah, they, they couldn't pee backstage together, and they were kept separate. What do you think about some memorable moments? Memorable moments, yes. And this Joey Janela Spring Break 7-off. I want you to go first this time. You never go first. I'm going to give it to you. What do you What do you have there? Just one or two, three? Yeah,
0: I could go through each match, because each match is kind of have like a pretty cool memorable moment for me. Uh The, Sweet. the Grab the Brass Ring DLC match was crazy. Um, I know a lot of people were mad that there was nothing actually to grab from the... The ceiling or anything like that, but I think they still killed it and had a cr- pretty crazy, chaotic ladder match with a lot of fun spots. And hopefully, uh, Alec is uh, Alec Price does get better with that injury. I know he got taken off a card here coming up one of these weekends, but he's still being promoted for a future shows. So hopefully, it's just a short term injury. Um, very awesome seeing East West Express finally win the tag belts, especially being being there in person. I said how much that meant to me, but it was also just a Great match and great feeling to finally see Jordan and Nick get their title win. Vikingo versus Bailey was probably my most looked forward to match of the weekend, other than maybe Coda versus Speedball. But Vikingo Bailey killed it. A lot of crazy spots. They absolutely put on a classic in my opinion. I actually can't wait to still go back and watch it. I haven't watched any of these shows yet. Um, MDK, Maki Death Kill. Uh, love it. Love seeing Gage's smile on his face and how happy he seemed to be of how over maki was getting and how the mdk gang was treating makito and her her just enjoying it with this probably being one not a big show for her but a totally different show than probably what she's used to uh with gcw the impromptu masha slamovich versus step lander match i just wonder if that's going to lead to as you were kind of talking about with cardona um I didn't see the necessity of having Steph's first match be for the championship, but hopefully it'll make sense down the road. And yes, that historic main event was amazing, and uh, hope to see Kota back real soon, hopefully in GCW.
1: Okay, so I don't have too much beyond you here on this one. I have Steph DeLander with a potential looming title challenge from Cardona. Uh, is he going to take the ultimate heel turn and then steal win for Masha? I think it would be a great story overall. I'm not sure. But that East-West Championship win was just fantastic. And then again, I'll just kind of reiterate, I did talk to Alec. He is better. He's not 100%, but he's able to walk. He's not running any marathons anytime soon. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. That's what I have to say. (laughs) All
0: right. Let's send him out of here with our end. Okay.
1: All right. You ready? (laughs) All right. Oh, i thought you were ready for it i was that was my inhale oh, okay oh, you gotta get ready for this long <laughs> live g g w w